When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You got that rocker, MJ in the house, otherwise known as Marty Genetti. You know how we do rock and roll, starting and strolling, and we're doing it right here on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Keep on rocking. Yeah. Stay song. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is the main event of the evening. Please welcome your host for today. Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. Troy is here. Hey, I call them like I see them, all right? Taz is here. I mean, Sal is here. And I'm here? Well, look at it this way. It's the first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick, you work my arm, I work your arm. Same time, same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks anyway. I'm touching my own dick. But you're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for The Rundown. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. As you can hear, this is not Troy. I am Jason sliding into the host seat as Troy's probably sliding into Mrs. Troy. I don't know. But I am not here by myself. I am here with the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend. As we begin the road to WrestleMania, who else to have on this show but Mr. WrestleMania Salvation himself, Sal is in the house. Sal, what's going on, bud? I'm in the house. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be in this house. I'll tell you that much. These, uh, This is the week in wrestling that almost broke me, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay, because you know what? I'm going to take a different approach to watching wrestling. We're going to all... Or not all. There's only two of us. We're, <laughs> we're going to talk about it later. Uh, but for now, I'm, I'm doing all right. How are you, sir? How about that fucking intro, though? That was pretty good, right? That was great. So, there you go. All right. I felt like a champ. <laughs> <laughs> now I know why they hire you. Exactly. Well, nobody's hired me in a while. But anyway, well, uh, you know. so what is going on in your life these days, Sal? It's been been a couple of weeks since we, I don't think we've talked since uh, the Ronnies, really. Yeah. Yeah. New Year, right? So. Uh, oh, thank God you didn't say New Year, New Me. Nope. I can say that. Because um, that's just a fucking tired trope. But. No, you know, I, I did get some stuff done around the house, which is great, and fucking it's, stop being lazy with that, so, and the only thing I got to do this weekend is take the Christmas lights down, because now it's like, taking, all right. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of town, a bunch of houses in my neighborhood still have the lights up, too, I don't... See, it would have been done last weekend, but I was uh, at a wedding last weekend. Oh, uh, okay. Um, and actually, that was a lot of fun, because it's been a while since I've been to a wedding, because everybody I know has already been married for like 10 years. Right. Um... But this we was... got that one guy who's probably been married like three times. It's like, dude, I'm just don't even bother fucking inviting me. Don't have a wedding. Just well, I was gonna it. say this is my wife's friend's second wedding. Um, there you go, say. But it was it was fun. It was fun. It was good to get out. I don't think oh, I've been shit. out like that since COVID. So <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yeah. 
I even got to have a couple drinks, which I never do anymore. And I'm like, whoa, this is what that's like. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's good. Nice to hear things are going well so far this year. Yeah. They had um, an open bar cocktail hour. And I was like, oh, oh, really? Okay. Give me one of those and one of those. Yeah, I'll save that for later. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have that in it to go? Because... I'm stocking up here, bitch. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I, I enjoyed my, my break, too. My holidays were nice, uh, nice and low-key, nothing too, too crazy. Um, and then just right back to the grind. But I had a week off, which was nice. Uh, I got to do some PA work for a college tournament, which was fun. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was good. All around, good, to, good, good break. Nice to be back. Um, I don't know what we're going to talk about tonight. I mean, nothing really is gone on since no, last uh not really no nope. professional wrestling um but yeah so let's jump right into it because i think we probably have the same most important thing this week but last week i was listening i get a late jump on listening to last week's show but i was listening to it in the car yesterday and i actually heard troy say all these fucking rumors about vince's coming back that shit isn't happening the board will never vote for it they've already voted it down fuck and it's almost as if Troy spoke it into existence. Um, because- well, it's worse than that because he said specifically, because I was going to bring this up too, The there has to be board members that step down and nobody will step down on that board right now because they know that Vince will try to get himself back in. Well, not only did one person step down. <laughs> yeah. And probably, surprisingly, somebody else stepped down, and I don't know that we expected to step down. But we'll get into all of that, because, ladies and gentlemen, if you thought WWE would roll on without Vince in perpetuity, there was no chance, no chance in hell. Because as of this week, what I don't even remember what day this whole thing went down, but Vince McMahon is back as the chairman of the board of WWE. Um, basically this, and, and my read on this, as the stories have come out, Alice, that essentially he forced a hostile takeover on his own family. Yep. Um, Stephanie was the co-CEO along with, uh, Nick Khan. I, I'm going to do that more than once. Um, and basically Vince waved his, I think it's 81% voting power dick in everyone's face and said hey listen we got new tv deals coming up and i ain't signing off on shit if i'm on the outside looking in i ain't signing off on a sale i ain't signing off on a new tv deal you want to get this money rolling in guess what you got to do motherfuckers and you know i mean to his credit it's it's ballsy and it worked uh this led to the departure of two members immediately of the board of directors one of whom not coincidentally enough, was the one in charge of the investigation into sexual impropriety of Vince McMahon. Um, wonder why that guy had to leave. Hmm. But uh, the end result is that Vince, as well as George Barrios and Michelle, God, I'm blanking on her name, uh, two of his very closest allies on the board are now back in power in the WWE. As of now, of course, the story is that Triple H will remain in control of creative um, and Vince will not be allowed to return to creative per a board order, I believe. Um, I don't think any of us believe Vince is going to keep his hands off creative for any extended period of time. 
But then we started hearing rumors of not just Vince being back for TV deals, but that Vince is back, that they had hired J.P. Morgan, that the intention of this whole move is to sell the company as a means to take it out of being a public company back to being a private company where Vince no longer has to answer to shareholders and Vince can go back in charge of creating. Wait, wait, you're going you're going too far too fast. We need okay. to back it up. Okay. So when Troy said last week on the show that a board member has to step down in order because the board is full. And it was, to his credit, it absolutely was. Mm-hmm. Literally twelve hours later, we get news that three board members stepped down. And I went, What the what are you fucking kidding me? Now it, have you ever seen the movie Snatch, the Guy Ritchie film? Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a part in it where he talks about um, it had previously occurred to him that the death of the gypsy's mother in the movie, that's not my language, <laughs> the death of the gypsy's mother was taken pretty lightly by the by the gypsies, to which they then killed all the gangsters and burned them uh, at the campsite. And I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of thought Vince took going away from the WWE a little bit too easily. Yeah. Probably should have saw that coming. (laughs) I mean, at least he waited till after the holidays, right? The thing that blows my mind is it's like, WWE, the the employees are all happy, the ratings are up, the the sponsors are thrilled, blah, blah, blah. And surprise, motherfuckers. Look, we didn't know this back in the day, but when Vince McMahon was in the trial of his life, and he probably, if this was like back then, you know, and it was the internet age, everybody would have known every single detail of that trial as it was going on. Um, we didn't know that he had Jarrett, uh, Jerry Jarrett running the company and, and all this other like side stuff going on. We just assumed Aww. it was business as usual. <sighs> right? So, yeah. Vin- so, so why are we surprised that Vince McMahon would never go quietly? I mean, the the I guess for me the bigger surprise is that this whole thing comes on the heels of yet another lawsuit being filed against Vince McMahon for sexual uh, misconduct. So then the other members of the board decided to go. You know what? This is the guy we need to put back in charge. But if he can pull off the sale in such a way that the company goes private again, he doesn't have to give a fuck about these sexual improprieties. He doesn't have to give a fuck about these charges or lawsuits or anything because at the end of the day, he doesn't have to answer to a stockholder to stockholders anymore. He can do what he always did before, which is do whatever the fuck he wants. That includes taking WWE back to TV 13 or whatever the fuck they decide they want to do with it. Doesn't have to be PG anymore. They won't have to answer to those people. They'll still have to answer to sponsors because they still got to sell advertising time but at the end of the day the restrictions on vince come off quite a bit um Um, the thing about it is though as you mentioned the hostile tech takeover right you're correct he has whatever he has the majority share of the company regardless Mm -hmm. if he stepped down as ceo last summer and for him to sit there and pull this power move on his own family and people he put in position of power in that company, like Nick Khan, to be like, I will veto any TV deal you try to sign. I will I will block any sale of the company. I will hold this shit up shit up for as long as I live. 
That's fucked up, man. Like, what well, the fuck? I, I, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you something that is even more fucked up if you think about it, right? Mm-hmm. How long has he had this in the chamber as a way of setting himself up to protect himself in the future? Because, and I ask you this question because you think back four, five, six years ago. We kept hearing these stories of, well, uh, Stephanie and Shane have sold a bunch of their stock, and Triple H sold a bunch of his stock, and and all these people who had shares who were in the company were seemingly being convinced by Vince that, oh, don't worry about it, just sell your shares, make some money, and we'll, we'll get them back later. And Vince bought the shares. So how long was this safeguard put in? How long was he planning on this safeguard in place that he was in these these people's ears trying to steal stock shares from his own family members? I I believe there's two timelines. I believe there's back in in 2002 when they went public, it might have been in the back of his mind. Or it might have been more recently when people started calling for him to... to, um, not with the sexual allegations, but just him being out of touch and stuff since like right. the late 2016 era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to be fair, I don't know that any of that was part of a plan, but it does seem very now, looking back in retrospect, it does seem very interesting that those moves were made and those were the choices that uh, he talked his family members into making. Now, as he sits here with, I think, I, I believe I read it was 81% control and interest, but <laughs> I, I have... No idea. Imagine that. 81. Um, you know, and this is why I say it, it, it almost broke me completely. Um, regardless of what he decides to do, I, I feel like I'm not going to like it because for a wrestling fans like us that have been watching the WWE for decades, to give us this little window of time where there was no Vince in power, you can't now take that back. You know what I mean? You I can't know. take that away anymore. So you had said in our in our group chat there that, you know, if Vince is just chair and he's overseeing the sales and the, the TV deals, whatever, I don't give a fuck as long as Triple H is still in charge of creative. Changed my mind. <laughs> what would be your reaction if news came out tomorrow that Triple H had resigned and Vince was taking over creative again? Um... Would you continue to watch the product? No. Uh, well, no, that's not that's not true. If if it happened tomorrow, I would watch through WrestleMania. Okay. I would absolutely see this through. It's too historical as far as the title reign of Roman and Cody coming back. Like I I want to see those stories play out. And once we were done there, I'm probably checking out. Okay. And it was funny because I remember when we were talking at the runnies, we said we were all, I think all of us to a man were in agreement that this is the most excited we've been for a WrestleMania season in a long time. Because this is the first time we were going to get WrestleMania without Vince's input. It was going to be Hunter's build to WrestleMania. He was going to have the entire pen and do the whole book. Um, now I don't know how true that is anymore. I mean, you can sit here and tell me till the cows come home that Triple H is in charge of creative. At the end of the day, now... He can be in charge of anything he wants, but he's still got a boss, and that boss is still named Vince McMahon. And if the boss tells you he doesn't want you to do something, guess what? Yeah. It would be more intelligent for Vince to wait till after Mania if he was going to take over creative. 
it would have been more creative, more been more. It would have been better for a way to come back and control the company until after Mania. Too. True, um, but, but there is. But hold on, we talked. We we're briefly we're going to get into the sale stuff later. But the urgency with which they're trying to get a sale done, seemingly from the outside looking in, from the reports we're getting, it seems like this is something they want to get done sooner rather than later. And I don't necessarily know that having this done before WrestleMania isn't a big selling point so that Vince can't be back in charge of creative before WrestleMania. So I, I unfortunately am going to talk a little business here with, with Jason as far as uh, actual you know things that go on in the corporate world. And if, you're not, if, if the listeners aren't in- interested, I understand. But for the first time as wrestling fans, we might have to be educated in this. Um, this could go a lot of different ways, and the only thing I question is, I'm assuming originally there had to be some type of arrangement to make the company public, right? Mm-hmm. You can't take a company that's public that people have shares in and just make it private because you want to. You have to buy out shareholders, right? No, you convert their stock options to public stock options. Uh. But do you? But from everything we've seen over decades, whether it be NBC and Comcast or other mergers, this isn't something that happens instantly. Regard, even if they announce the sale tomorrow. So here, here's another thing that people aren't factoring in when they make this decision. So. Uh, so you know, we'll we'll get into the hysteria that was caused by the the rumors of a Saudi Arabia sale. But Saudi Arabia is one of the few places that probably would make sense because when you factor in, you think of the other companies. You're talking about NBC Universal. You're talking about Disney. The FTC doesn't allow mergers of giant corporations very easily. How long did they hang up the Time Warner AOL merger? How long they've told other companies you can't merge. You're too big. You. The two companies here are too large to be together. For WWE, which is a billion-dollar company, multi-billion-dollar company, to merge with another multi-billion-dollar company like NBC, Fox, uh, Disney, that could be a very, very tough sale sell uh, in terms of getting it approved. Saudi Arabia doesn't come with those those ties, though. Saudi Arabia comes with other ties from the oh, FCC. certainly does. Because the Federal Trades Commission would then be involved, and in, in, yeah, it doesn't have the same bite, though. I mean, I know, so many I know, companies that do business over there at this point that that doesn't have the. I same. I know it doesn't have the same bite, and I know wrestling fans are pulling at straws because they would think that maybe the U.S. government would give a shit. They don't. They just want their cut. Mm-hmm. Um, you are correct. I used to work for Comcast when they were trying to acquire NBC, mm-hmm. and it took them many battles with with uh, the Trade Commission and everybody and, and all these uh, antitrust lawsuits that were going on, mm-hmm. all this stuff. And it took them years before the sale was finalized. That's why I don't think anything's instant. Now, like you said, they avoid all of that by, by selling internationally, but I still don't think... Like, we are in weeks' time left till WrestleMania. I don't think you get anything finalized in that amount of time. I don't know. Um, all right, we are jumping ahead. Let's cover a couple other things that happened as part of this whole, all these moving parts. Um, Stephanie McMahon resigned her position as co-CEO. 
Uh, Nick Khan stayed on, was reassigned. He's no longer a co-CEO. I forget exactly what his new title is. Um, but Stephanie stated, you know, in a, in a statement she released that she had started a leave prior to all this. She jumped on board when Vince had decided to retire, and now that he's back, she's resuming her leave, and not only resuming her leave, she's resigning her position. Do you believe that this was her choice, or do you believe that Vince forced her out? The It's difficult for me to analyze this because, as she mentioned in her statement, she was on leave when all this shit went down. We were told she stepped in because of her love for the company and because the company was in a bad spot and needed leadership. So I get that it might be te- it might have been temporary. Maybe the long-term plan was not for Stephanie to be uh, co-CEO. Maybe she always wanted to, to kind of transition back to her leave. But the timing, you can't make that shit up. You're telling me the week that her father gets put back in charge of CEO is when she decides, yeah, you know what, I'm going to go back on leave. I'm done. That's a jarring statement, whether it's regardless of what she says in her in her press release. Mm-hmm. The optics of that is, is mind-blowing. 100%. It's, it's whole scary. Scenario, <laughs> no, this whole scenario is very frightening for those of us who have been sort of reveling in post WWE events and so you guys mentioned it on last week's show you go back to the runnies how many people mentioned their favorite promotion was WWE after Vince Um, it's been an entirely different scenario but I thought this was an interesting discussion that we could have based on this before we get into the sale stuff before we get into all Saudi Arabia stuff let's assume for a second that things go the way we're sort of angrily anticipating they might and that Vince does take over creative again as well who do you think is better off, and who do you think is worse off as a result of this? So, from a, from a talent perspective, or or an executive perspective, however you want to do it. It's interesting that you bring that up because, in preparation for this episode, because yes, people, we do we prep for our episodes. <laughs> I comprised a list of people that Triple H brought back to the company. Since he took over in in the summer. Now, we'll get to some other people that are not on this list, you know, big names and what it means for them. But just to, if you would humor me, right, I'm going to give you a name and you tell me, is that person succeeding after returning or are we still in a wait and see phase? Okay. Let's start with Dakota Kai. She's fucking boring. She's gone. No, 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 no. I don't mean as Vince going forward in the future. I mean up to this Pick point. Pick a fucking hair color. <laughs> July to December. What's your take on, on how she's been? Oh, how she's been. Okay. Yes, yes. Um, Quietly solid. I mean, uh, I think about what we expected. She's in a group with Bailey, who's going to be the mouthpiece. Now, Dakota's promos in NXT before she finished up were actually pretty good. Her heel promos, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, especially when she was like the HBK to Raquel's Diesel mm-hmm. when they were doing that whole thing. I thought she did a nice job there. But she's sort of in a group where she's going to be a background player to uh, Bailey. It's just how it is. Uh, but I think she's handled that role well. And, of course, the in-ring work has, has been stellar, as it always is with her. So um, I don't think she's underwhelmed at all. I think booking hasn't done well by damage control in general. But 
as far as Dakota, I have no issues with what she's done. I think her in-ring has been solid every step of the way, regardless of the booking, like you said. She's done. She's made the most out of uh, her situation, regardless mm-hmm. if she's been asked to bump for Bianca or look silly with Alexa. Like, you know what I mean? She's done her role. Yeah. Um, I can't put Io Sky on this list because she was technically never brought back. She was still under contract. Okay. Next one, Karrion Cross. This this I'm, I'm, this main roster uh, run seems very similar to his first one. No, no, it not as bad. It's just I not as he, it's just not memorable. <laughs> so yeah, and and here's the reason for that. Um, and for whatever reason, when he was brought back, he was brought back and and treated like a big deal. Um, and then booked against Drew, but booked in another 50-50 feud, which was sort of like something I didn't expect to see from the Triple H regime. And I think it definitely hurt him. I think this is a guy who you brought in and you pushed him early to, to make him look like a big fucking deal. He's got to look dominant. You've got to establish that guy as a big fucking badass. And they didn't. And then they, they cut it. They almost cut his dick off from Jump Street. Now, that said, if Scarlet keeps flashing titty like she did on SmackDown this week, he might be okay going forward because if they're not going to break up the couples. Um, but all things considered, obviously he has he has underwhelmed. His ring style is what it is. It's not he's not flashy. He's not he's much more of sort of a throwback in terms of a throwback heel in terms of his ring work. Um, but I think we've talked about it in the past with other people, particularly Ronda. Um, you've got to take those types of people and make sure they have the right dance partner. Um, Drew was a good choice, but having Drew go down, go win on against them twice was probably not the right move. Um, and now I don't know. I mean, he can throw Ray around, but again, and we talk about this a lot. The whole thing with him and Ray has been just such a fucking slow burn too much. Like, I need to see Ray and him interact at this point. Like the whole just throwing up a card and while I'm beating the shit out of Riddick Moss that nobody cares about, it's just it's not the right way to do this with this guy. To me, there's two things with with Cross. Number one, he's supposed Scarlet's to be titties? he's supposed to be a big, strong, jacked up, dangerous dude. But there are much bigger, much stronger, dangerous dudes standing next to him on his own show. Okay, like, but he could be booked to be the baddest. Sure, of those guys. but you put him against Drew. Okay, like you said, um, Drew not only is bigger than him, you beat him twice. So now right. he looks like a bitch. If he goes out there and annihilates Drew, we're talking about a different situation, right? Hundred percent. But to this point, he has been a victim to the booking, and like you said, his in-ring style isn't smash. It's kind of just a little bit. Retro, we'll call it that. Uh, it's plotting. It's slow. It's it's. Yeah, he's a throwback. He's a throwback, but it doesn't do him any favors on the main roster, and it doesn't do him any favors with some of the characters they've created on SmackDown. Because mm-hmm. there's just more exciting people right now than him. Sure. And and again, I think he's also another one of those guys who sort of fell victim to the Roman Reigns title reign because. Sure. He doesn't have a face that he can be in a main event championship program with right now. Uh, Gunther has the Intercontinental title, so he can't be pushed to that. And Reigns has the Universal title, so he can't really be pushed to that either. So as a heel on SmackDown and on Raw, really, you're sort of in a no-win situation unless your name is Seth Rollins. Yeah, pretty much. 
Next person Triple H brought back, Dexter Loomis. Now, I think it's worked for what it for what Ooh. it's been. Dexter? Okay. No? Okay. No. See, I, I the thing is, is I think when Dexter came back, they had a plan for this whole story with the Miz, and something changed, something went awry, and they had to try to find a way to make this story try to have some semblance of sense. And I give them credit for trying to find some way to make the story make sense rather than just fucking dropping it like Vince would have done and pretending it never happened. Um, but it went very, very badly. See, I don't think it went badly for Dexter. I thought he played his part okay. Well, who I thought it went bad was for Johnny. Because I thought you had this guy that everybody was Well, is Johnny on this list back. separately? Yes. Okay, so we'll get to Johnny. Yeah, we'll get to Johnny. Um, the thing with Dexter, he can wrestle. He was in there, I think, with Chad Gable a couple weeks ago, and he did did fine. Oh, he's another one that's sort of a throwback. He's an old-school WWE character. He's a persona. Um, the ring work is fine. It is what it is. It's not, like we said, same thing. It's not flashy. He's a character-based wrestler. But Dexter more. Loomis's character is more intimidating at this point than Karrion Cross. Because, again... He hasn't been set up to fail. Sure. I agree with you. So that's what I'm saying. For now, I think he's doing okay. Mm-hmm. Now, this is an interesting one because they recently flipped the script on these these fellows. Uh, Hit Row. For Who the fuck left that fat piece of shit top dollar in the door? Seriously. I'm kidding. Um... They were floundering and kind of directionless for a while. And then this past SmackDown, they turned heel. And I think this might be a little bit different now. I think it works. Just the early returns, the instant visuals, I think the heel thing works. Um, I I said I conceded the point on the runnies that it it wasn't working without Swerve. Um, And, you know, are they sitting there and trying to buy their time until Swerve is available to them again? I don't know. Maybe. Um, or until they can find somebody else who can fill that role. Um, but keeping these guys as a heel as heels is probably the right move. I don't know that they're going to get over as faces. Um, I personally love the fucking SmackDown promos that Top Doll is putting out on the internet, you know, rapping. Um, but... Other than that, the in-ring is just not there, and there's no... It's sort of like we talk all the time about how would the four horsemen be the four horsemen if it was just, you know, Arn, Ole, and Barry Windham? (laughs) You need that guy, that front man, and I don't think Hit Row has it. I think Hit Row has two very good backup dancers for lack of a better term, but I don't think they have the lead. I don't think they have the lead singer. You know what I'm saying? 100%. Look at Legato. Yeah. That is 100% built around uh, Escobar. And it works. It absolutely works. And there's nothing... And, and um, Although I do have one issue with Legato, but... but we'll we'll, okay. Joaquin Wilde is, is, is a great wrestler, and, and both him and... Um, Raul Mendoza, is that what they're calling him on the main roster? No, they're calling him something else, aren't they? Um, Del Toro. Yes. Um, they both do a really good job supporting Escobar. I think it's mm-hmm. it's good shit. I'd like to see them get more action in the tag team division, but that's another story for another day. Well, that, that door may be creaking open yeah, sooner than later. All right. Well, not if Vince is in charge of creative, because you know how he feels about tag team wrestling. Uh, as we had mentioned, Johnny Gargano is next on the list. Okay. 
here's my problem with Johnny, and I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I go back, as the guy that covered NXT for years, there's nobody on this network who has been a bigger Johnny Gargano guy than me. Mm-hmm. Nobody was happier to see him come back than me. The crowd reactions were great off the bat. Um, the promos were fun. You go back to episodes of NXT, um, NXT Rundown, and Ginger and I had several arguments going back and forth where I said that Johnny doesn't do great comedy. Now, when he was with The Way, he did, because as a heel, I think his brand of comedy actually surprisingly works. I didn't think it would, but it did. As a face, as a smart-ass face, I don't know that it works because... He's the under like Drew can get away with being the smart ass face because he's this big giant fucking guy who will smack the shit out of you. Johnny's not. He's the underdog. He needs to be booked in the Daniel Bryan way, and I think he could be the next Daniel Bryan. I think he could be that guy that they lost when Daniel Bryan left. That white meat baby face, fighting from underneath, overcoming the odds. That's what Johnny should be. What he should not be is fodder for the Miz to pin cleanly two, two, three weeks in a row so that he can be the supporting cast for Dexter Loomis. That's just horrible use of Johnny Gargano. And honestly, for Triple H to do that to him was, was sort of surprising to me. Johnny Gargano, he has the wrong look for the role that they're trying to get him to play. Because if he was Enzo Amore, it works. Right? That that smart-ass fucking we don't, we don't have enough sexual assault allegations in this company? <laughs> I just mean in the sense that if you're going to be a little guy who's a wise-ass, right, you got to have a certain swag to you. Johnny doesn't have that. He looks too nice of a guy to have that. And, and it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, I was surprised with how good he was with the way as a heel, but it did work and it worked yeah. very well. But you almost may, maybe post Rumble, post Mania, maybe we get the way back together. Who the hell knows? But, I mean, I've, I think minus Austin theory because I think he's sort of elevated past that point at this point. But um, but you know, Indy could come up. You could get Dexter back together, and now all of a sudden we've got the way back together, and maybe that works on the main roster. Who knows? I also think that he's been uh, kind of hampered by some bad luck. You know, who knows if they would introduce Champa into the program if Champa didn't right. get hurt, and now he's hurt. He's got a torn right. AC joint, so ugh, it's rough, rough goings for for Johnny to start mm-hmm. for sure. The next guy who I was actually kind of surprised fell right back into mediocrity. Braun Strowman. I'm not. They should have never brought that guy back. <sighs> that was quick, though. <laughs> well, he had like I mean, a not, featured you, you program that, with Omaz. He's setting up like... for a feud with the Intercontinental Champion. I mean, he's in a fairly prominent spot right now. Yeah, but I... I... And I'm going to sit here and tell you something I didn't expect. I would have, If you told me four years ago I was going to say this, or even three years ago that I was going to say this, I'd have called you fucking nuts, but I'm actually interested in seeing Braun Strowman and, and Gunther go one-on-one. That's a hoss fight I can get behind. I can, too. I, I'm not denying that, but for some reason I have no thought of Gunther losing the IC title to... To Braun, at least not right now. It just seems like I don't weird either. timing. Here's the thing that felled Braun before, and it's the same thing we talked about all the time with with Big Show. If the guy loses that much, then despite his size, he's not intimidating. I know. 
<laughs> and that's, that's sort what of I'm saying. Like Gunther is intimidating because he doesn't lose. Right. So he just when, fucking so wins. When Braun loses to Gunther tomorrow, it'll make Gunther look great. Yeah. But what is Braun at that point? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. He, he he is Braun Strowman has fallen back to mediocrity, and in they, it's getting to the point where I don't care when he shows up on the screen. Him and his partner can join the uh, Brawling Brutes, Braun O'Shea. I believe you mean the Banger Bros. <laughs> Dude, like, does anybody in this company not have Google? Like, what Dude, the fuck? Dude, Seamus made a joke about a bus. Ugh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Maybe Vince is already back in charge. Yeah, right? Sarah Logan. I haven't seen any poop yet. Uh, what is she? Where is she? She's like, Where the fuck are the Viking Raiders? I don't know. Honestly, like, they, they show up once every month, maybe, on TV. To They did a quick program. They lost. And it's like, okay, well, now I guess we're done with that. And that's gone again. Years from now, we're going to get a written book from Triple H that says, like, I had so many ideas, but we had to devote, like, 45 minutes to the bloodline every week. Well, and this is the interesting part, because we're sitting here wistfully, like, you know, waxing poetic about the creative run of Triple H. And while I do agree it's been significantly better than Vince, there are a lot of head scratchers in the mix. That's what I was actually one of the reasons why I pulled up this list. Um Zelina Vega, to me, she's fine. She's in an absolutely perfect position uh, for what she's doing. Well, she right was now. brought back before Triple H was in power anyway. Oh, was she? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Candice LeRae, I mean, I'm sure the, she's a great person in the locker room. And, and Actually, I will say this. Candice has gotten more TV time and more sort of um, backstage story than I thought she would. Um, it definitely seems to me, at least, like they're building towards. I, I think her moment's going to come when Indy comes up, and her and Indy are going to go against Damage Control for that the title. That would be fun. That would be. Fun. I think I I feel like that's what they're building towards. So then, I would say I would say for her, she's doing well. This is an interesting one because this person. Oh, one and one thing I did notice. When okay, they, go ahead. When she went one on one with EO. I loved the fact that they they hearkened back to their NXT rivalry. Yep. That's not always something that they do. And it was uh, they actually really liked that match. That was really good. Yeah. Those two have magic together. True. It's like when we talk about the New Day and the Usos. Like, you don't even want to see them wrestle again, but every time you do, you're glued to the TV. Speaking of magic, Bray Wyatt. <laughs> now, I think I've said all I need to say about this. I have honestly. never been more excited when somebody came back, and I was never more hurt when somebody left, honestly. He was one of my favorites, 100%. And more than Moxley? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I liked I liked Wyatt since, the, since I saw NXT. Oh, well, that's debatable. But, <laughs> um, and although... More than CM Punk? I'm, I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't hate... I'm not going to answer that question. I don't <laughs> hate Uncle Howdy. I just will judge it at the end of it when we're all said and done and there's like so, a point so, to all this. So in 2027, maybe? <laughs> I mean, when we look back on his Hall of Fame career, we're going to say, wow, what a great story that was. Listen, slow burn is slow burn, and I don't mind a good slow burn story. In fact, I like them. But there has to be some progression to We the have story. a new wrestler. He's a silhouette. When has he of, wrestled? Well, he hit Bray with a fucking sister Bray Abigail. Bray hasn't even wrestled yet. That's it's coming at the Rumble. Oh, yeah, it's coming up at the Rumble. Why don't you explain to me the rules of the pitch black match, Sal? <clears throat> Mountain Dew pitch black match. 
Right. Thank you. What, what, what are the rules? <laughs> what, what kind of match are we in for? I don't fucking know. <laughs> they haven't announced them yet. I, but that's my point. You're you're trying to hype me up for a match that we don't know what the rules are. We don't know. It's sponsored by Mountain Dew. This is some Vince shit. It really is. This is this is fucking zombies in the fucking whatever the fuck they call that, the Battle Dome or whatever the fuck it was. So that's the weird thing is, and I think Troy said this too, I liked Bray's promo and I liked LA Knight's promo before Uncle Howdy came out. Um, This was, I think, two weeks ago. And then after he came out and hit the Sister Abigail and I found out they were having a pitch black match, I was like, what? (laughs) Like, I was actually, like, decently excited and then I was not very quickly. And, it, and that sucks, because obviously I love Bray Wyatt, and I love the different crazy shit that he does with his character, but yeah, I hope there's a real point to this, like a Wyatt 6 that like takes over the do WB you, or something. Do you feel like LA Knight... Is LA Knight on this list as well? No, because he was... Uh, he wasn't technically released. He was with the male maximum male models, and then he just was okay. off TV. Um, do you feel like LA Knight is in a better position because of this feud? Or would he have been better off feuding with somebody else? I feel like, and I'm being dead serious, I would not talk about LA Knight as much if he was with somebody else. I don't know that that's true, though. Like, because it depends on who that person is. And like, right. Let's say LA Knight's feuding with Seth Rollins. You absolutely are. Well, well. I was trying to keep it on SmackDown, to be fair. So if Is it, there really any brand split anymore? I mean No, but I mean like if you have to choose somebody to pair up with LA Knight and you pick Rey Mysterio, eh, eh, But that's you know true I mean? of anybody. That's true of anybody. You sure. Can, I mean we just sat here and said Karrion Cross and Rey Mysterio <laughs> um, which by the way, to my point I was making earlier, how the fuck is Santos Escobar and Rey Mysterio not interacting at all. That's that seems to me the obvious fucking feud, you know. Uh, he calls himself the Emperor of Lucha, and Rey Mysterio is literally the King of Lucha. Now, so, now to be fair, we we crucify AEW when they blow their load always so quickly. Yeah, I, I would like to think you're, you can't slow burn this while you're slow burning Dominic and Ray for Mania too. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Well, I, I would like to think that, that Ray and, and uh, Escobar is something that you always have in your back pocket and when I, you want to, well, you know. You say that, but how... I mean, to me, you don't hold anything back with Ray because you just never know at his age at this point. And, he could, yeah, and his style. He could blow out a knee, a back. Look at AJ Styles. True. That yeah, uh, see, that's a good point because AJ could have been doing so much more these past few years, yeah. uh, and even these past few months. Like we could have gotten away from Judgment Day a long time ago, or made the Judgment Day program better. Like that was to me. It's not that they feuded with Judgment Day; is that the program wasn't particularly yeah. good. Now Judgment Day now is better than they were when they were feuding with with AJ and the. Okay, so so I gave you I gave you your props on the whole. Um, Hit row thing that I was wrong about that. Are you ready to admit that I was right about Dominic and you were wrong? Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> as weird as it is, because like he should not, I should not be enjoying anything he does, especially given the character. I should be uh, disgusted by it, given some other things I've seen. 
you know how like Vince used to have like people do silly, stupid gimmicks, right? Because this is a silly, stupid gimmick. Let's let's yes. be honest. But for some reason, if it's just it's the greatest <laughs> shit I've seen on Raw in a while, and I don't know why. Maybe it's because of stuff like Priest being like, just don't be soft. <laughs> <laughs> Like, and then Rhea hitting him, being like, dude! (laughs) That, to me, is what makes this. Is that we all know, and they know, that Dominic sucks. uh, And that he's a bitch. Um, Oh, prison Dominic is my new favorite thing. I I did like how Kevin Patrick was, was every single chance he took, uh, took a shot at, at Dominic's time in prison. Like, they, they ran the bumper or something. He was like, that bumper was longer than Dominic's time in prison. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright, so how much longer is this list? Because we got a lot of shit we still got to cover. So let's... Uh, Just like three more people. Because right, uh, I'll group them together. Uh, the, the Good Brothers. I'm never a fan when you bring someone back specifically for one feud, because once that feud's over, what do you do with them? Speaking of which, next one on the list, Mia Yim. <laughs> See, I disagree with that one, though, because she was brought back for this point, but I think Mia is such an incredible worker that she's already carving out a niche. And by the way, she looks ten times hotter. I don't know what's going on there. She but, does. She does. Um, I, I think Mia's going to find her spot in this women's division. She's not. She may not ever be world champion, but if you're, ta- if you're telling me I've got women's matches to watch and it can be Mia Yim in there, elevating somebody or it can be dana brooke trying to do it give me me a yim all fucking day. no absolutely um i don't think her spot is is bailey's tv program though while, while becky's like not here that week you know what i mean um eh. it's fine for now but i i would like to see Mia get like a really good storyline maybe post rumble maybe we'll see uh emma I think they're using Emma in the best way to use Emma, which is in short bursts and stuff that's not too important. Stuff that you can just sort of... It's there. She's a decent, solid worker. Her personality hasn't been great since she stopped dancing. Um, Actually, I shouldn't say that, because I think she did a great job as a heel when her and Dana Brooke were running in NXT together. Sexy, Um, sexy badass cops. Yeah. yeah, uh, I think that was actually... I think she was at her best, maybe, at that point. Um, right now it sort of feels like she's just struggling for something to do um, she's just nice good girl dating Riddick Moss right now and I think she can handle more and I think she should get more um, and then we then, then we have to wait and see when she gets more and then we can judge what she's doing with it my worry about Emma is that she will be the Shelton Benjamin role of that division where they brought back a vet who knows what they're doing in there, and they just bring him out for spot work and light. Mm, Shelton's about to be now. back in the hurt business, so. Well, I hope so. Uh, uh, Bronson Reed. What's he done? I mean, he, he pushed um, what's-his-fuck off a ladder, but other than that, listen, I was never, I mean, again, you've listened to my NXT. I was never a Bronson Reed guy. I don't like that. He reminds me of, he's Australian Tyrus to me. Mm-hmm. Um I just, he's a better worker, but other than that, um, which, by the way, I, I mentioned this elsewhere. Let me say to everybody, I apologize for not uh, thinking of under my worst uh, Tyrus uh, for my worst non-WWE performer of the year, because that would have been my choice. And his match at the Hard Justice pay-per-view, 
hard times pay-per-view, sorry, uh, would have been the worst match. So, um, Worst performer than a, a 50-year-old ex-rock star trying to do code breakers and failing horribly. Yes. Wow, that says yep. something. And I have not watched a Tyrus match in 10 years. Um, go watch Go watch that pay-per-view. This is. We should make a bet where you have to watch that pay per view and review it, similar to Troy having to watch just hard. What was this? Hard times. What year? Two thousand twenty-two. Yeah, this past year. Twenty twenty-two. Hard times. Uh, Impact Wrestling. Cause they're not nope, TNA. NWA. Anymore. Oh, NWA. oh, shit. Okay, uh, okay. NWA. Hard times. Okay. Who's winning the Super Bowl? Huh. Who's winning the Super Bowl? Who do you think's winning the Super Bowl? I'll pick somebody, and you pick somebody. If you pick the right team, then I will watch this. And if I pick the right team, then you have to watch something. Do I get to pick first? Go ahead. Kansas City. Which I can tell by the look on your face was where you were going. So. No, no, it wasn't. It was, it was up there. It was of the possibilities. I'm... I'm going to say the Buffalo Bills because okay, they so, will have the motivation to. Okay, so if Buffalo doesn't win, then you have to do it. No, 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 no. If Buffalo doesn't win, only if Kansas City wins do I have to do it. I think you should just do it anyway because it would be great. It would be great radio. No, 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 no. We'll think of another bet if Casey doesn't win the Super Bowl. So if Casey gets eliminated, we will immediately – you know what we should do? You know what we should do? We should play my favorite game. Okay. <laughs> what game is that? I win. Do you know what the rules are? What? I win. No, that's a dumb game. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all right. it for the list. Okay. That was all the people. Tri- so, so all these people the Triple H brought back, literally none of them have done anything extraordinary except for maybe, I don't know, Strowman? What? I but guess. there are a lot of people who he didn't bring back who are now much more in a much better place than they were. They were already there, but now they're in a much better place. For example, Ricochet is on TV every fucking week now. That's true. Uh, Kevin Owens is in a much better position, back to being the prize fighter. Um, so I, I think there are a lot of guys who are in a much better spot with Triple H in charge. And I, we go through that list, and it sounds like we're tri- shitting on Triple H in charge of creative. And I definitely think it hasn't been as rosy as some people would portray on the internet. Um, but there are a lot of people who are a lot better off for it. So. Oh, no, um, I agree with that 100%. For the people who are already there, I think he's done really good with them. Uh, I just think some of the people he's brought back have been a little flat. But that's fine. You try, and if you don't like them, you can always get rid of them. If they're flat, make them get implants. <laughs> okay, where do you want to It's a go? new day. Where, yes, it is. Where, where do you want to go next with this? All right, so let's talk about what happened two days ago. Because the entire wrestling world, the entire wrestling fandom, was witness to what we've been talking about for a long period of time, which is these dirt sheet writers simply just cannot be trusted. And that story comes because um, there was a story that started circulating in lesser known um, wrestling Twitter sort of personalities um, about the Saudi Arabia deal with WWE saying basically that it was a done deal. Uh, Saudi Arabia was going to buy WWE. The, and guys ran with it. And they'll sit there and they'll tell you, oh, I said it's unconfirmed. I said it. But why would you put it out there at all if you're not 
standing by the story. Don't put out a story that you're not going to stand by. Um, so we're talking about guys like Meltzer, of course, Alvarez, Sean Ross Sapp, uh, Zero, all those sort of semi-prominent um, names in the world of, of Internet Twitter reporting in the world of professional wrestling. They all put it out there. Now, so they all sort of hedge their bets to varying degrees, which is what you do if you're making shit up, because then you always have deniability. But you still put it out there. And you didn't put it out there as in, guys, this isn't happening. You put it out there more to the idea that it is happening with the caveat to cover your own ass. Um, as we had learned, it's not a done deal. It's not necessarily even close. There are still they're still meeting with other people. Today's hot rumor was Disney is in the market and they're they're meeting with Disney. Um, late today, they started to get the rumors that Tony and Shad Khan were already talks too. Um, so you're going to hear all of this shit as we go through this process. Um, I, I won't believe anything until I see it announced by a major news corporation, mm -hmm. because everybody's going to hear a, a slight whisper of something and then throw it out there on the Internet. Because in reality, and it's not necessarily exclusive to wrestling journalism, but it's more important to be first than it is to be accurate these days. And that's basically what happened. That's what you saw. Somebody mentioned Saudi Arabia. I got to get it out to my people so I can look like I got it first. And it sucks. Ready for me to get mad? <laughs> not. Go ahead. Okay. So I'm going to break it down in this fashion. First, uh, I think very shortly after this all broke or, or the next morning, whatever it may be, uh, our own Troy had put out a tweet and tagged Meltzer and Alvarez and, and Sean Rossap and basically said that it shows that they continue to not know shit, even though they claim to know everything, and that they just take the first lie they get and treat it as truth. Mm -hmm. Now, this is where I'm going to get angry, because the cult, because he tagged them, the cults decided to attack Troy. Mm -hmm. And all they kept saying was, they kept saying it wasn't confirmed. They said it was never confirmed. That doesn't give you an out to spread bullshit. Right. And what pisses me off is the cultists have ruined, whether it's the cult of AEW or the cult of, of Meltzer, they have ruined my enjoyment of knowing like the backstage going-ons of wrestling to the point where I have made a decision in my life going forward after Tuesday's fiasco because you know what? You don't tell somebody who's been a fan for 30 fucking years that the McMahons no longer own the company and that they sold to the Saudi prince because I wasn't taking that shit well. I was literally taking it like a death in the family if it was true. Did you cry? No. I was just like, there's no way this is true. How do you think Sami Zayn took it? Uh, very harshly. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think my wrestling enjoyment going forward is going to come from the TV product and trying to stay away from all this bullshit because it's all it is is bullshit. And that's mm -hmm. all it does is lead to people fucking trying to defend the bullshit. Like, nobody should be defending Meltzer or, or Sean Ross Sapp for that shit on Tuesday night because I don't care if they said, this is not confirmed. They wouldn't stop fucking talking about it. They also, guys, ladies and gentlemen on the internet, and, and maybe some of our listeners are in the tribe of Meltzer or Sap or whoever, 
don't be Captain Save-A-Ho, really. Just, like, it's okay every now and then to say, wow, they fucked that one up. They, they shouldn't have done it that way. That shouldn't have been what happened. Like, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with being critical. And this is where we've sort of reached is, like, AEW fucked something up. Oh, well, we can't say that. We can't say they fucked something up. we got to twist reality and create this alternate universe where they actually – it didn't go the way they planned, but it's not with their fault. And but It's okay to say – to look into a camera, to look into – you type into your Twitter, Twitter, my bad. I got that one wrong. Like, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And it's, I feel like it's the okay world for would be us to say that, place. too. Like, I feel like the world would be a much better place if people were more willing to just say, my bad. Like, it's uh, two words can, okay, cool. You made a mistake. Cool. Owned it. Thanks. Appreciate it. Move yeah. on. Next Nobody thing. owns it anymore. Nobody owns no. it. They just think of excuses. Right, exactly. Okay. And, and and I'm I'm fucking I'm sick of it, dude. I am so sick of it. Like you said, n- don't be Captain Savo. Okay, Meltzer doesn't give a shit about you and your fucking thirty something year old ass what fucking sitting at home. He ain't gonna shag you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> like Meltzer don't give a shit about you. Sean Ross Sapp doesn't give a shit about you that you came to his defense. Nobody fucking cares because you know what? They just sit and back and Sean laugh and Ross cash Sapp their checks. is one of the biggest pieces of shit in the professional Seriously. community. This is we're talking about a guy who will block people, which is fine. If somebody's being toxic and you don't want to listen to their shit, fine, block them. But he's a guy who will block people, then unblock them, talk shit about them. Point their his cultists toward them to attack the individual, then block them again before they can respond to him. Yeah. That's the type of piece of shit you're dealing with. Yeah, that's a world class piece of shit right there. So, um, and he did peek- it to me, so I know there why. I speak from personal experience. Little peek behind the curtain. Did you, when these rumors were flying around on Tuesday night, did you reach out to anybody to see if there's any credence to them? No, because I didn't really. I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't blame you because it, it just when you when you have people that you can actually talk to that actually sort of know things, you don't want to look like an idiot. Yes, that's <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. Start act, asking about things that are so obviously not either not true. And by the way, any of the people I know are not in the fucking boardroom. They're not going to know the answers to these questions. Right. The company announces it. That's when they'll find out. Dude, when WCW sold people like that were working that night on Nitro didn't know. Yeah. Like, there were people that showed up to the building and were like, that's how they found out. Right. They saw Shane Limo pull up. Anyway. Um, wait, wait. Hold on. So, hold so on. Hold Breaking on. news. Breaking news. It looks like Elon Musk fin- has just bought the WWE. There it is. There you go. Elon oh, Musk. They're going to tell me Troy finally shared that WWE nudes thread he was talking about. <laughs> that would be breaking news. Yeah, it would be. Um, breaking records, too. Um, uh, if, if Vince does take over again, Mandy Rose is all the way back, right? Because he wants to see them titties. I mean, he probably just pays for her, her website. But anyway. I'll bet you he sent her. I'll bet you he sent him a dick for a dick rating, didn't he? Hundred percent. And she was like, she didn't even, she literally didn't even have to read the name. She was just like, ugh. Really? Guess, for those of you out there sending dick ratings to Mandy Red, Troy does them for free on the show. Right. Just send, just send to Troy, Troy all your dick pics. Any, any, any interested in uh, if you got if you got a weird looking dick? Troy likes to look at them all. So uh, stay tuned for the end of the show. We'll provide you his email address. Um, remember that time he gave out my email address? Yeah, I do. Yeah, remember that <laughs> that thing that happened that I, I still get that. fucking emails from? Yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah. Anyway, um, so let's let's wrap up this part of the segment with with a very interesting question. Mm-hmm. 
gun to your head today, mm-hmm. uh, as we record this, uh, January 12th, 2023, mm-hmm. you have to make a prediction. You have to, you have to give your answer here. Okay. You know me. I'm not one to does, fucking pull punches. <laughs> does WWE get sold? And if so, to whom? Yes. Yes, they do get sold. And gun to my head, I'm telling you right now, to NBC Universal. Okay. And not only that, I think that as much complaining as I've done for 30 years about how Vince runs his creative, it will be worse. <laughs> okay, so, so here's the interesting part of it. This is something a lot of people aren't talking about. Let's say you're correct, yep. and that he does sell to NBC Universal. Mm-hmm. That's the end of SmackDown on Fox. Yes, that's gone. Yep. So you have USA. I believe it's still under the NBC umbrella. It's true. Yes. So you'll have NXT. You'll have Raw. You'll be fine. Do they then put SmackDown on NBC, primetime Friday nights? No. No. If you're you're talking gun to my head, SmackDown either goes to uh, USA or another NBC affiliate like NBC Sports or something weird like that. They do okay. not. They so, it, even if it does, I know it does really good ratings, but it does not get put on on their their main network channel. Okay, so here's what I here's here's if I had to guess, I I don't think it gets sold. I think this is all a scam. Could but be. if it were to get sold, for me, one of the most interesting places for it to be sold would actually be ABC or Disney, because what you would have is a scenario where you could see NXT moved to ESPN mm-hmm. or ESPN2 even, probably ESPN because they'd want the money. You could see SmackDown on the ABC channel, the main ABC channel. You could. And you could see Raw remain. Uh, you could see Raw move to any number of different places. Mm-hmm. You could see premium like live events. You could see <laughs> premium live events on Disney+. Plus. They Yay! have the <laughs> They have the well. Could it be any worse than Peacock is at this point? Really? No. I mean, hey, we're, no, we're, the, how many years into this Peacock deal are we? And I still can't fucking pick up a show in the middle of it. Don't even get me and, started from the beginning. Don't. No. Don't do it. Um. How about this? How about when I go back on a Peacock and it's not under my, um, previously watched when I was in the middle of the show and I had to like stop it. Like, seriously? Um. It's, it's awful. Anyway. No, the the Disney Plus platform is great. Don't get me wrong. I think it's one of the best streaming services out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also have ESPN Plus where they could put stuff. And ESPN Plus is runs UFC. And ESPN Plus already has wrestling stuff on there, like a Ric Flair thirty for thirty. That's actually and pretty good. Would you would you at all be surprised if the conglomerate that owns UFC were to put in a bid? No. We've talked in the past about Dana White and Vince McMahon being close, probably because they've both had misconduct allegations against them now, even probably even closer. Um, but it wouldn't shock me if they got into bed together either. Are you, to saying, create sort of, are you saying they're going to fluid bond? Yeah, probably. Why not? No deal with me is official until we fuck. <laughs> Said Vince to Donald Trump. Anyway. Oh, he's the thing. definitely been all up in that big orange ass. He is the thing. Anyway, um, <laughs> you have to be, you have to, you're smart enough to know that a company 
a wrestling company run by a corporation like Disney or NBC would be a very different product than what we see today. Sure. Sure. I don't know how different. I've never lived well, in that world, so to be honest. You say with you. that, but Dis- even Disney Plus now has sort of segregated, so the edgier stuff has a place on the platform, just with notifications that there's more edgy stuff involved. Yeah, in. the edgy stuff. So maybe NXT would be cool again. But- also, did, didn't the record company that Disney owned sign Insane Clown Posse at one point? I'm sure they did, and they have a way of subsidizing yeah. everything. But when you're talking about WrestleMania or SmackDown. You're talking about things that are viewed by millions of people, and I don't think they would be edgy on those things. And they could force us to watch Race to Witch Mountain on a regular basis, you know? I mean, Thor could show up, and he could headline WrestleMania. Dude, fuck, yeah. I mean, that would be cool. Let's go. (laughs) Let's see if Roman Reigns can pick up Mjolnir. Right? Anyway. uh, (laughs) But uh, let's take a second and just fanboy here and fantasy book and... Something that's never going to happen, but let's say for the sake of argument, the cons purchase the WWE. What do you think that looks like? I mean, all right, and and this is me being 100% real and 100% honest. I just don't know how they would put, like, what type of TV product it would be. I don't. I mean, obviously, he would have, at that point, the library, the TV product, the rights. So, for the first six but, months, it's just so, him doing whatever the fuck he wants. But. So, let's let's just say for the sake of argument, I know he's Booker of the Year, but let's just say for the sake of argument, they buy WWE, okay? Now you take their roster, you combine it with AEW's roster, and you put Triple H in charge of that roster. That might make for some very entertaining television. It could. There is definitely potential there. Now, here's the other problem. Here's the other question. Let's say for the sake of argument, Vince takes over creative and relieves Triple H of his duty because he's already sort of gotten his daughter out of the company. So why not his son-in-law? More likely, Triple H goes to head up creative for AEW or Triple H and Stephanie start their own promotion. The more likely scenario would be Triple H, Stephanie, and whoever Triple H's inner circle is at that point start their own company. Okay. Now, that's a very bold and risky move for mm-hmm. two people that could just collect a very I, large paycheck from to, from the cons. Can, can this fan base support three national wrestling companies? Well... I would be pretty sure that anybody like us that's kind of been on the fence for the past couple of years would jump ship completely to Probably. not watch WWE anymore. Probably, especially if Vince is back in charge. And look, maybe... Listen, I see one poop joke. I'm fucking out. I'm just telling know, you right I know, now. I know. I'm, one, I'm just going to put this... One fucking person goes in a porta potty. <laughs> it's fucking over. I'm just going to put this out there. There can be a place in the wrestling world for family-friendly, kid-friendly wrestling entertainment that is owned by a corporation and has Vince McMahon running it. There can be a place for that. It is no longer the place for me as a fan. And that's fine. I'm more than happy to see Doink the Clown return to fucking ABC Disney next week and, and start being on Disney and Ice. That's fine. I don't care. I want. I don't want to watch that. That's that doesn't appeal to me as a longtime wrestling fan who's in his forties now. So, quite possibly the biggest loser in all this news, 
William Regal. Guy just left AEW to come back and work for Triple H, and now Vince is back in charge. There's a lot of people that... Okay, so... As long as we've been wrestling fans, I've never seen anything like this before where where the narrative has shifted so many times and so drastically in the past three years. First, AEW comes out, and everybody's so sick of Vince, they want to go to AEW. But then the pandemic happens, and nobody's working anywhere. And then Vince gets kicked out of the company, so everybody wants to go back to the WWE. Mm-hmm. But lo and behold, now Vince is back, and everybody wants to leave again. What the uh-huh. fuck is going on? <laughs> I don't know. It's It's crazy. All right, we should probably move on and talk about something else. As let's talk about TV, shall we? Let's talk about the TV let's, this week. Let's discuss that. Can I, can I start with SmackDown? Go for it. You want to start with SmackDown? Okay, go Yeah, I think chronologically it makes sense in my mind. Okay. Um, I really loved what they did this week because for three or four weeks I kept saying, like, oh, wait till Roman gets back, you know, because he cost him that. Sammy caught. Sammy took the pinfall against John Cena and Kevin Owens. And I was like, wait till Roman addresses that. Sammy's going to have hell to pay. And he did. But the smartest thing they could do is swerve you. Because even though you thought Roman was about to kill Sammy, no, 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 KO comes out and says, you're not really mad at him. You're mad at me. And Roman's like, you know what? I am. I'll see you at the Rumble. Perfect. Yeah. Because well you, you, you delay what we all thought was about to be a Sammy Zayn beatdown. <laughs> The thing that surprised me. Okay. I would have thought they would have manufactured a way for this to be for one title. Because then you can have Sammy cost Roman the title. Separate the belts. And now Roman has a reason to destroy Sami Zayn. Because what do you do here? Roman wins. I assume Roman wins because Roman's not losing the titles before WrestleMania. So what reason does he have to be mad at Sammy at that point? He's retained the title. Now, for all intents and purposes, all the rumors we kept hearing is Elimination Chamber in February is going to be Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns. How we get there? I, I have an idea. Okay. Um, and it, and it kind of plays to what they did when they, when they set the table huh, on Friday night. Because you saw how, Rome, how pissed off Roman got. When he was like, "Do you want to be me? Are you trying to be me? Do you want to, Do you think you can do what I do?" What I'm thinking, and this this would play into their history. Roman Reigns is about to lose to Kevin Owens. Some whatever the fuck, the whole crowd's there. He's about to lose to Kevin Owens, and it's Sami Zayn that caused Kevin Owens the match, right? Mm-hmm. And the next night on, or the next week on SmackDown. Sammy says something to the effect of, like, you won because I helped you win. But, like, in a nice Sammy sort of way. Right. And then Roman loses his shit. <laughs> That's possible. And we keep going with that whole, do you think you want, you think you can run this shit? I'll see you at the elimination chamber. <laughs> Could be. Could be. Uh, if we if we are getting to where we think we are, which is KO and Sammy versus the Usos at WrestleMania, um, it's definitely possible. Speaking of the Usos, that's a good transition. This week on Raw, when the Usos and Solo Sokoa, Sequoia, <laughs> Sequoia, um showed up again, Adam Pearce told the Usos they would be defending the Raw tag titles against the winner of a gauntlet match or whatever. Um, 
Just the Raw Tag Titles. So they said Adam Pierce said that, and then I don't remember hearing that again. So I did I'm hear almost that wondering... again. No, I did. Okay. I, I heard um, uh, not Kevin Patrick, uh, Corey Graves say it. I guess to which why now? Why storyline wise? Why are we doing that now? Why have we not never done that before? Well, it, storyline wise, I can't explain it. But it doesn't make sense. That's but, the problem. Um, Reality-wise, I would imagine they want both sets of belts available for WrestleMania to defend. Two separate, you know, programs. I would rather have two two major singles titles than have two separate tag titles for WrestleMania. Sure, but maybe that's the crack in the foundation of how we get to having Roman defend the title on two nights. Maybe. I don't know. I, there's a lot up in the air. This is actually entertaining. The thing that I'm enjoying about this ride so far is that I, it's not obvious. I can't really tell. And, you know... It, when we had, was it the fucking, it felt like for a string of time there, like every year, the day after WrestleMania, the reports started coming out what next year's WrestleMania main event would be. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, well, so we spent the whole year watching, knowing the last chapter of the book. It feels like for the first time in a while, we don't know. We it don't. could go so many different ways. You know, and that to me is entertaining. I'm enjoying that ride. There, there are strong favorites, like mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes, but nothing yeah. is is like you said. For the past couple of years, we knew going into the Rumble who was going to win the Rumble. Right. Even last year, we knew they're going to do a deal. Brock's going to be uh, the WWE champion, and he's going to fight Roman again, and they're going to mm-hmm. make it a you know wear and take all. We knew that months before it happened. We knew that. Um, there's so much speculation about what they'll do this year because I think everybody feels that they do need to split the titles. Mm-hmm. So the other thing is, too, if you have Roman lose the WWE Championship but retain the Universal Championship, he's still world champion for a 1,000 days, for right. 1,500, whatever they do, you know? Um, now you start entering that, that Hulk Hogan territory as far as, like, names on the list. And uh, while we are discussing the Usos, should give credit to... Uh... Them, they they put on another great one with McIntyre and Sheamus on Friday night. Another really enjoyable matchup. Another match where you again, and we talk about this all the time. For me, a match where I know what the finish is going to be, a match where I know Sheamus and and Drew are not winning those titles, but I can still get completely immersed in the match. That's that just tells you the level of performers we're dealing with. See, and and you, and I completely agree with you, and I give them all the credit in the world, but. I will take it one step further and say that there was a part of me that thought maybe, maybe, maybe they do Drew and Sheamus beating the Usos and then they run it back at the Rumble. Not 100%, but I was, it was definitely towards the end of that match. I, I was like, are they going to have him do it? <laughs> they've put so much into that streak at this point. I, you, you know, Not as much as Roman's, but the tag titles were on quite a streak themselves, and I don't think they're going to take those off again for unless it's for something serious. Um, what did you think about the Charlotte Sonya Deville segment? Very interesting segment. First of all, I thought the crowd really responded to Charlotte, even in Alabama, and they weren't a good crowd. Or maybe that somewhere, was somewhere, Trick Williams was going, "I'm fucking over, dude." <laughs> yes. So Sonya comes out and they start chanting, "Whoop that trick," which is Trick Williams. What they say to Trick Williams in NXT. Um. I didn't understand what they were saying at first. I'm not going to lie. 
I thought they were just chanting, she's a trick. And I was like, that's harsh. <laughs> I mean, it's not really much better. No, not, much, not by much. Um, They're still calling her a trick. Yes. And now they're saying they want her to get her ass kicked. So, I didn't mind it, though. Like, because I, I found that the crowd was, was hot and they were loud. And it's kind of like one of those England crowds, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what'd you think of that segment? I I mean, listen, I, I am probably the biggest fan of Charlotte on this network. I always have been. I think you guys are sort of unfair to her in a lot of ways. Um, but, yeah, I love everything. I love the new music. I love the return. I love the new gear. And the thing is, is that as a performer, she seems to genuinely be enjoying getting to be a face again and being a face that's actually over with the crowd. It's not forced. It doesn't feel no. forced. No, not at all. And I agree with what you guys said last week, and, and I, I had mentioned it almost immediately in the, in the host when it happened. It felt like they were setting her up to fail by having her immediately return and win the title and be immediately resented by the fans. But it worked. Like, it did what it was supposed to do. Um, I, yeah, you know what's weird? I, this is one of those rare circumstances where it worked because there was no build. Like, if you brought Charlotte back and she had the baby face pop and she was like, I'm coming after you, Ronda, to win the title, like, that wouldn't have worked. But because she took it off in such surprising fashion, I think a lot of people like were like, yeah! Fuck yeah. Ronda! <laughs> yeah, no, agreed. I think it worked out, and I think I'm, I'm excited to see uh, where it's going. But while we're talking about the ladies, let's keep it on the ladies. And we talked uh, we talked a little bit earlier about Bray Wyatt. Um, what did you think about the Alexa Bliss segment on Monday Night Raw? Uh, I found the first part of that to be very interesting because Alexa herself was owning up to the behavior. She wasn't saying she was controlled by anybody. She wasn't saying that she didn't know what happened. No, she was like, I viciously attacked Bianca and I beat the fuck out of her. Ha! My favorite part <laughs> of her promo was that for the first time in so long, I felt good again. I love that. That was a yes. great piece. Of, uh, well, I should say second part of that, my favorite, second favorite part of that promo. First part was her pants. Yes. Because, God damn. God damn. Um, um, Alexa reminding <laughs> us all why she is WWE's resident goddess. Yes. Um, but for me, I also found it interesting that she, she liked it, you know. She she said it felt good again. Well, that kind of yeah. plays into all the stuff Uncle Howdy's been saying. Relish in who you are, uh, embrace the hate, you know, the whole fucking Kane Cena thing. So, well, so given what we've seen with Howdy and Bray, is the story here ultimately going to be that Howdy was the one that corrupted Alexa in the first place and made yes. her turn against Bray? Yes. Is that where we're going? You I don't think? mind that, and I don't no. mind that. And uh, I, I kind of like it, to be honest with you. Um, because the idea of Bray being a pawn and being a mm. slave to this entity, um, it works. It kind of mm. speaks to the voices in his head. It kind of goes with the whole, like... it sort of explains that bizarre, shitty WrestleMania thing with Alexa and Bray and sort of makes that make sense a little bit. Yeah. So that... So to... To that point, if that's where they're going, I can see why they're taking a long time to get there. Because you have to be able to tell that story for anybody who didn't watch back then. Right. Yeah. But uh, I do predict that at the Rumble, it's going to be a very violent Alexa Bliss. I don't think we're going to have anything held back. I think she's going to put Bianca through the ringer. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's the case. What, what kind of match is it going to be? They didn't say last woman standing. Uh, pitch black? Nah, well, we'll see. Maybe it will be. Who knows? Maybe they'll sponsor two matches. Let's Vince is going to get all the money. Pitch black. Why not? That's true. Um, are you looking forward to Judgment Day versus the Usos? I don't know. Because, first, I don't know who will be there. I'm assuming Finn and Priest, because they're the ones that squared off with the Usos when the Usos showed up back on Raw after they had gotten thrown out. Um, hell, they showed up back after Solo beat... Um, who did he beat? He beat somebody. Elias. Elias, yeah. Uh, or Ezekiel or Elwood. No, or... no, no. That wasn't this week. He didn't beat Elias this week. He fought somebody like good this week. Remember Pierce put him in a match? Oh, this week. I thought you were talking about when they jumped. I thought you were talking about the week. No, who, who did all... he fight this week? Um, he fought. Um, Not Kale. No. Dolph Ziggler. Yes. Okay, yes. He did fight Dolph Ziggler. Which is why I got confused when you said someone good. Well, because after. Well, the match was actually not bad. Dolph Ziggler's still going to bump his ass off for anybody, but. Um, but Hardy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Did you know who Hardy was? No. No fucking clue. To this day, I still kind of not really. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, wait, the guy that makes the t-shirts? Right? Ed Hardy? Um, no, but then the Usos got tossed out, but Why then they showed up. Why does this guy look up... like Ed Sheeran? What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> no, the, the Usos fucking... I'd be um... down for Ed Sheeran versus Solo Sokoa. Would you, though? Yeah, oh, why not? Um... Yeah, so why did the Usos get tossed out and then they showed up after Solo won? I thought they were, I thought they were tossed out. Yes, because every time someone's thrown out of a building, they... Yeah, at least they, they didn't come back the in the entranceway. crowd. <laughs> you know? Eh, whatever. Um, Alright. Anything else from Raw that was particularly interesting? Uh, or can we move on? Uh, Seth is not hurt, which is great news. Yes. Because I will well, he hurt. is, but he's he's hurt, less hurt than we thought. Which is good, because a strain or a, you know, a pull muscle is different than a fucking tear. Right, exactly. All right, so let's move on to a non-premium live event, but a, a an episodic special, which NXT does quite a bit, and we make fun, we shit all over AEW for doing it, but NXT does it too. So let's they have not their share of Great American Bashes and Halloween yeah, Acts. Why not? Why not? So let's talk about New Year's Evil. Um, and let's start, I guess this was sort of a premium live event, so we can run through it quick. Uh, Dijak versus Tony D'Angelo was better than it had any business being. And I say that as a Dijak guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony D held his part. I loved, I actually loved the finish. I loved Tony D'Angelo sacrificing himself for stacks after yelling, you're not an employee, you're family. He said, I'm not your boss. I'm your family. Yeah. (sighs) For someone who's watched The Godfather and Goodfellas more times than I care to remember and watched every single Sopranos episode, I don't like it. No. I don't want Tony D'Angelo as a face. I don't think it works as a face. He should be uh, growing his his family, not not having a, a... a moment with stacks. I mm-mm. nope doesn't fit the character to me. What if we come to find out that Stax is like his half brother and Stax never knew it? Uh, then we're just throwing the whole fucking character down the drain at that point. I disagree. 
Uh, okay, granted, I will say that anytime the the mafia characters come up in wrestling, it has been a very short shelf life of that character. You can't really go that far with it. Um, but I liked it when he had a couple of people in his family, like when he had stacks and dimes, and he was just like, I'm the dawn of NXT. And now he's like super trying to be babyface, and I just don't know how I feel about it. I thought he should have just covered all the coins. Paulie Penny's over here. We got we got nasty nickels over here. You know, just See, that's what I'm saying. Give me all of the gang members until Quentin Porters. Know. You know. Um, all right. Anyway, quick question. Yeah. Did you pop when the Rockers' music started? Yes. Did 100%. you think there was a chance? No. No. <laughs> but but I thought they would be dressed like them. Okay. I knew all they were right. going to be jobbers. Regardless of when the music started, but I thought they were at least going to be dressed like them. Okay. And then even as they were coming out, I was like, "Oh, Sean Michaels, able to take poke fun at yourself, so amazing." Well, poking fun at some other people too, because you had Flying Brian. That's true. <laughs> and Jim and Slim and Jam and Jimmy. So a little bit of shot of uh, Pillman and Freebirds there. So a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It's fine. They're both dead. Anyway. Uh, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> nope. Ronnie Garvin isn't dead? Jimmy Garvin. Jimmy Garvin. Is Ronnie Garvin yeah, dead? He might be. Okay. Uh, Ro- well, maybe that's what I was thinking of. I haven't kept up on the Garvins. Uh, <laughs> Keeping up with the Garvins. This is the point where Adam would fucking Wikipedia that shit and let us know, but he's not here, so. Yeah, so we'll um, just assume he's dead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think we talked about it in, uh, on the runnies. Idris Sanofe and Malik Blade continue to be – they continue to present them in a way that I'm supposed to care about them, but they never accomplish anything. Yep. And I just have no interest and no reason to get behind them. Um, the surprise here in this whole gauntlet situation with Pretty Deadly was the return of Gallus. Yes? Gallus Boys up. Yes. Um, or Gallus Boys on top. I don't know what the fuck they say. <laughs> How do you feel about New Day versus Gallus? I'm down. I've never seen it before. I never thought. Yeah. I never thought I would because it wasn't something right. that crossed my mind. But um, I like it, and I like the fact that they said they're going to put a stop to those antics. But I know they're not. But it's fine. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested to see where this goes, and I, I still think Pretty Deadly finds their way into this, and we're, we're dealing with some sort of triple threat at Vengeance Day. But we'll see. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Is it? Surprising to you that it's um, Mark Coffee and, and Wolfgang? Like, shouldn't the Coffee Brothers be the tag team? It's a, no. Joe's always been the singles guy, and Mark okay. and Wolfgang have always been the team. So th- I I was originally surprised when Gallus first started, but then I saw that program with uh, with Joe Coffee and Pete Dunne, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. yeah, I can see why he's the singles guy. Yeah. Um. Oh, by the way, one thing, cause, cause, uh, and I'll get to it in a second. Um, did it look like Charlotte had had more enhancement done upon her return, or was that just me? To me, no. I didn't okay. catch it. Looked like she looked like she was filling out that top a little more than she I think had it was been. just the top. It could have been. <laughs> Speaking of which, Triffany Stratton made her return to NXT yes, this week. she did. Sporting some uh, different um, assets than she had when she left. Mm-hmm. Um what did you think of Tiffany Stratton's return promo here, Sal? It was... It was okay. It was... 
I liked that that she went at the fans. She's still a heel, and and she seems like she's embracing the character a little bit more than she was before. Okay, here's what I'm going to say, and I say this as somebody who has become slowly become a fan of Tiffany Stratton. She needs to pick a voice. She's either going to be the oh my god Valley Girl, or she's going to be the I am the standard here in NXT. You know, Charlotte style um, heel huh. because she right. went back and forth with two different voices in this promo. Yeah, she lost the Valley Girl thing at a certain point towards the end and became actually what I enjoyed more um, was the was when she wasn't doing the over the top Valley Girl thing. See, that's why I felt that she's embraced this character more because I felt like that when she wasn't doing that, she was being real, but when she right, was but- doing that, she was almost being mocking. Maybe I don't know. We'll see where it goes from here. It just it struck me as she's not sure what to do yet. Okay, let's see. So, I didn't we'll see how, it like that, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. And then of course we got our NXT Championship match between Braun Breaker and Grayson Waller. And I gotta ask you, Sal, how did you feel about this match oh, and the finish in particular? Oh, did I fucking hate it <laughs> when when I watched it? I hated everything about it. Because it was so fucking contrived. Um, and Did I, you get Finn Balor, Roman Reigns vibes? Yes. But not only that, like like the first time it happened, they cut the break, and then when we came back from break, it was fixed. So I was like, all right, maybe it legit just fucking happened. I didn't think so, because I don't think that's how rings are built. But sure, I'm sure anything's possible. Why would well, they... So, so when you go back and watch it, he whips them into the corner... And it starts to loosen, and you can see it. So somebody pushed the button, and it didn't quite snap off all the way like it was supposed to. So then he sends him into the corner again and drops the shoulder and drives him into the corner, and then it disconnects because he pulls it a little bit. But, yeah. But so when they got back from commercial, that's when I really started guessing because I was like, well, why would they put it back if that wasn't the plan? And then the finish happened, and I was upset because, first of all, do not do that. You are better than that, NXT. Do not give me an NXT championship match ending like that. Nope. Not okay. Not even for TV. I don't think that's fair, and I and I don't think that's creative. I think that's a bunch of bullshit. Also, huh? It's a cop-out. Yeah. You booked this match to, to sell this special edition, and you didn't want to have a finish because you wanted to save it for Vengeance Day. There are better ways you could have done I was this. just going to say, there are 10 million other ways you could do this without that bullshit. Yep. You could literally just have a double count out, and then like, it's the same result. Yeah. You know? Why Why do we need fucking trip ropes? Like, uh, fuck out of here. Well, the whole, st- I mean, the whole story of this whole thing was that Grayson Waller said, I'm bringing back Braun Breaker, who's mentally unstable, who's going to snap, who can't control himself. Why not just have Braun beat the shit out of him until he gets disqualified? There you go. And then you book the match of Vengeance Day as an ODQ match. Because Waller, Waller gets to play up that he won the match, that he beat Braun Breaker. Breaker doesn't lose anything because he got disqualified for beating the shit out of a guy. And then you set up the match without all of this overbooked bullshit. If they break the middle rope again in the cage match, because guess what? Cage matches still have ropes. I'm going to be fucking pissed. Because <laughs> it's just a waste of a story at that point. What if they break the cage? Who cares? <laughs> I've seen fucking Brock and Roman break the cage, and those are much bigger dudes. Like, All right. Uh, Charlie Dempsey versus Hank Walker, did you give a shit? Because I didn't. 
Um, I like that they're trying with some main roster guys and trying to to give them spots on TV, even though there's no places for them on Raw SmackDown. Oh, you're talking about Gulak. Gulak, okay. Yeah, so I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. When you, I feel like this all the time. When you present me a character who doesn't, who looks like he's a dude that just jumped over the guardrail, I don't give a shit about that character because he's Brooklyn Brawler at that point. He doesn't feel special at all, yeah. and I have no interest he in it. He feels like a jobber. That's right. Yeah, yep, for sure. Uh, Alba, Ro- Alba Fire talked to Troy's new best friend, Saul Ruka, backstage, so that happened. And Alba uh, Fire's apparently turning heel based on that promo. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Or is this going to be a Fiend situation where, because she, she went in there with you know, the witch, now she's changed. Oh, is that why at the end of the promise she was like, I'm sorry, I don't know what's wrong with me. It's like, oh, because Uncle Howdy's got a hold of your balls too? I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I will say this, a- uh, just to go back to, to Hank Walker, <laughs> you know, We're people talking- love the idea of the common man, right? Because you know, Dusty Rhodes and how over he was. You know, the thing is that even though Dusty uh, always said he, he was like a, a common man, no, not only that, he was he had the heart of a champion. That was Dusty Rhodes' gimmick. He would he was gonna fight from underneath. He was gonna fight against all the horsemen by himself. Like you could get behind that. Not like I'm a sloppy jobber who can't wrestle. Drew Gulak, please teach me how to wrestle. I, you know, <laughs> I don't even mind that. If a security guard really loves the business, you can tell that story. Yeah. That he pairs up with Gulak. That he learns to wrestle. But stop sending him out there in a fucking Canadian tuxedo. And pretending like like put him in wrestling gear. That's true. Yeah. Would like just from a kayfabe perspective, would Drew Gulak let one of his students go out there looking like that? No. No. So play into the fucking storyline. It's just stupid. That's true. Um. Yeah. Jesus Christ. We got uh, Tyler Bates coming back. Are you excited for the return of Tyler Bates to NXT? Yes. Yeah, me too. I love Tyler Bates. I love Tyler Bates. Um. And I maybe it's my own fault because I didn't really watch NXT UK after a certain point, so I kind of stopped watching him by proxy. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited to see to see him back because I always enjoy his matches. Are you, you know. more excited to see him back or to see the impending feud between Oro Mensa and Scripps that we set up here with a vignette? I'm way more excited for Tyler Bate. <laughs> Only if Tyler Bate kills scripts. Um, we got a little bit of a swerve. It was supposed to be Indus Sheer versus the Creed Brothers. Jinder Mahal got involved because Veer was not coming. Uh, <laughs> this is like a fucking uh, gimmick now at this point, right? Where's Veer? He's not be. coming. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. The only thing that where is Veer? He's coming soon. That's, all like, that's the only way that could have been any better. Um, but Jinder uh, Mahal goes in. He has a one-on-one with Julius Creed. Interesting to see Jinder Mahal down in NXT. I think he looks like a big deal down there. I'm not upset with that plan. I'm so not, but but I do give credit to, and perhaps you know more about these guys in the business than I do, I do give credit that somebody who maybe isn't the best at everything or doesn't necessarily stand out can always still find their way back to TV. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> Cause it can't be easy, you know? And then we get, as a, as we mentioned, our big 20 woman battle Royal to determine the new number one contender for the NXT women's championship. What did you think of this? And how do you feel about the winners? 
I said winner is plural. Yes. <sighs> what? Just fucking book. Um. Just, just book Toxic Attraction in in a triple threat against uh, Roxy. You don't need all this extra shit to get there. You don't well, need so the Lex Luger Bret Hart finish. You okay, know, you know what I mean. Especially the contrived Lex Luger Bret Hart finish. I disagree, and here's why I'm gonna say: <clears throat> because they didn't do the contrived triple threat setup. What they did was they planted a seed of JC and Gigi going at each other um, to accomplish a goal individually rather than the team. They turned on each other a little bit. So it's not going to be your typical, we're going into this triple threat and it's going to be two on one. They planted seeds and reasons why they would, it would be a legit triple threat. Um, the thing that pissed me off is who decided to put Gigi Dolan in pants. True. That's a good point. Um, no, what pissed me off though is that to me, the reason I say contrived is because you you kind of already told us the story before you let it play out. Like Gigi and JC had a backstage and they and with Mackenzie, and she was like, well, "What's going to happen if it comes down to you two? And Gigi's like, "Then they're going to say Toxic Attraction is the winner." And I'm like, "That's exactly what fucking happened. You literally gave away the finish." Okay, but see, here's the thing: usually, how many times have we seen tag teams say that, and then it's not what happens? True, but so what, they sort of almost swerved us by telling us what was going to happen. <sighs> I guess. I guess the other problem I had with it was the setup to the finish, because they're on the top on the turnbuckle and they're like holding each other there and, and JC fakes like she's going to suplex Gigi. And I'm like, she ain't got a fucking suplex her from the middle rope to the floor. That's it was not, AEW, they would have. That's true. But I knew in NXT, <laughs> they weren't going to fucking do that. So then like she punches her and then they both just fall. And I'm like, eh. come on guys, you could have done that so much easier. <laughs> Eh, I you know I'm not worried about that. No, I think, no, it's uh, fine. No, now, now, granted, how we got there and what it is are two different things. I I like the fact that Roxanne Perez has to defend the belt against both of them. It's the logical next step after me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, all in all, I thought it was a good, solid show. I didn't, I didn't have too solid. many issues. It was with solid. It. Yeah. I was a li- for a special event. I don't know how much of uh, gender or Hank Wall Hank Walker I should have on my TV. Um, but that's it is what it is. It's fine. They're trying to push different people. We we might even get a tag team with Apollo and Axiom, and they can be called a Paxium. So- <laughs> mm. Yeah, Apollo <laughs> Cruz. Apollo Cruz continuing the path of failure wherever he goes. Um, all right, so let's talk about. We talked about that being a solid show. Let's talk about another show that was solid. At least I thought so. Um, but surprisingly so a little bit because. I really enjoyed this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. <clears throat> yeah, it took fucking long enough, but it's about time. I also enjoyed this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. And I was worried that I wasn't going to. But surprisingly, I did. Um, first of all, great crowd. And, yep. uh, and I this First time the, in L.A., of course. First time at the state, Forum. A lot of the guys' home state. So yep. the crowd was hot right off the bat. I'm yep. sure you had a big PWG contingent there, you know? Sure, but, yep. uh so right off the bat, that's a good look. More people than we're used to seeing at a dynamite. That's a good look. Mm-hmm. 
And then we begin really hot. And I was, yep. I actually texted a friend of mine. I was like, this is starting? Oh, yeah, I'm assuming the tag match is going to be the, you know, the main yep. event, which it wasn't. But um, I was surprised we started off with, with John Moxley and Hangman Adam Page because those are two of your biggest stars. Mm-hmm. And to to their credit, they brought the fight. They yeah, brought physical, the fight. And I love the fact that, you know, Page didn't do his pose at the ramp. He fucking... Bookmarked, booked it down the fucking ramp, and got right with Moxley. Like that's what a fucking grudge match should be. Yes, um, I thought that was great. Um, my only criticism, a small one, is they, I felt like there were three or four different spots where they were trying to recreate the lariat that knocked Hangman out. They yeah, they um, kind of dipped into their park a little bit too much on that. Yeah, I felt like they they missed the mark a little too much with doing that too often. But the surprise, of course, being that uh, Page wins the match, clean clean pin on Moxley. Didn't expect that. He wins the match. Um, my only issue was that you're. <sighs> You're going to get a rubber match, and you're trying to create that rubber match by making it look like Moxley got concussed on the buckshot. But the problem is that Moxley's acting of being concussed kind of resembled when Finn Balor flopped around that time he fought Roman Reigns. It was kind of an oversell, like he was trying to have a seizure and it just wasn't working. Also, in this day and age, is it sort of in poor taste to do concussion storylines? Yes, it really like, fucking is. Yeah, I, I mean, just, that, that part I wasn't there for. That's what I mean. Like, I don't want that to be the center of the feud. Like, oh, look, yeah. now Hangman gave him one back. Now Moxley has less brain cells. Like, ugh, come on, guys. <laughs> After everything yeah. we've been through in the past few years, there's no need for that. Um, yeah. That's my own, that was my only issue with that. Uh, my perhaps one of my favorite points of the show was the next segment because Tony Khan, Tony Khan, I keep doing that. Tony Schiavone is in the ring and he introduces out Adam Cole, baby. Um, again, I talked about my time on NXT rundown here. I am again probably on the network the biggest Adam Cole fan. I was legitimately pissed when WWE let him leave. Um, I am a huge mark for Adam Cole, and I thought this promo was classic Adam Cole. This was the best of Adam Cole promos. I thought you were going to say, I thought this promo was clearly going to be Shivani interviewing MJF. Because that's what I thought. Because Shivani. No, we'll get to MJF later. But Shivani preferenced the promo with, I hate this guy, but here I am, or something yeah. to that effect. Well, he's got the whole Britt Baker thing. So yes, but it. I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking fucking MJF, because we know mm-hmm. Shivani hates MJF. Yeah. And when Adam I, Cole came out, say, the crowd exploded. Yeah. Let's and just say was, I was ready for story time with Adam Cole, baby. Oh, that was great. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, like, as you said, as an Adam Cole fan, it's so great to see him back. Yeah. Um, he swerved me. I thought he was going to be like, I, I literally was saying, oh, man, I hope this isn't one of those, you know, I don't know when I'm going to be back in the ring, but someday, like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I was worried. And he's like, I got bad news. And that bad news is for everybody else in that dressing room. <laughs> That was great. Which like is what you he was said. talking about, like, you know, I'm, I'm waking up in a cold sweat and Brit's there and she's like, this is not okay. Like, I thought there was so much human relatable shit in that promo that you really felt for the guy, that you really sort of got a look into what his life's been like for the last few months. Um, it made it real. It made it relatable. It made it a fantastic promo. And, and very few in the business these days do it as well as Adam Cole with a mic in his hand. 
it amazes me because I'm not used to Adam Cole as a babyface. Mm-hmm. But like you said, because of the human aspect of it and because he obviously felt everything he was saying in that promo, mm-hmm. it was real. And it came yeah. off that way, and you had a genuine connection with the performer. Yeah. No, it was a great promo. I'm happy to have Adam Cole back. Um, just a fantastic job. Uh, we're not even going to talk about Jungle Hook because who gives a fuck? Um, I, I will say... Nope, very, nope, very, nope, I, I will, talk I will, I will, that I, th- not talk about I thought they, they, they got a good pop out of when he finally suplexed, uh, Cass. Don't give a shit. Okay, uh, move. no, I, I, I don't give a shit about anything related to hook. They've minimized jungle boy to the point where I don't give a fuck about jungle boy anymore. He's nothing anymore. Um, he's not a fucking pillar. He's a jobber. That's what he is now. He's Barry Horowitz. I like Hook. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> I, I listen, listen. Okay, so I shouldn't say I, I hate Hook. I dislike the push. I dislike the 120 pound Goldberg push. Um, make him f- like like build up the underdog fighting like the the Rocky, the underdog who has to fight his way up and learn how to compete with the big boys. And tell me that story about the fighter Hook, not the fucking 20 year old 120 pound kid who's fucking throwing around. You know, giants. It just it's too much. It's all right. That's fair. No, that's fair. That's fair. All right. Now let's talk about perhaps my worst moment on the show, and this is where we're gonna we're gonna sort of relate back to something we had talked about before. MJF comes out. Oh, uh, fair warning. I missed his entire promo. Did you really? No, I didn't even do it on purpose. Like they they were they were about to start the match with with Danielson. And uh, my daughter asked me for help with her homework, and I was watching live just in case certain oh. people showed up. So I came back down. I didn't want to ro- rewind it, so I was like, "Oh, I missed that entire thing." And you, when I got you back, rewind it and then just fast forward through the commercials, and then you catch I up. I could have, but then I already got explained to me that, and then Troy said it was a shitty promo, so I didn't bother. Okay. <laughs> so here's my thing with MJF. Now we talked about how I felt. They should have run with MJF as the as sort of the the face, the shitty face. Yeah. They put him back to a heel, and now we're back to the MJF promos that are just saying offensive shit for shock value. <sighs> There's no, there was no story. There was nothing you could personally connect to. It was just, I made fun of the guy from Hangover, and I made fun of Freddie Prince Jr. And I called him a Scooby Dooby douchebag, and yeah, it was a funny line for a moment. But the promo meant nothing. It was, it was, it was a fucking segment, and you should never, ever, ever feel like the world champion was involved in a nothing segment. And that's what this felt like, because you've booked him this way, because he is this guy again. You reverted the character back to what we've already seen, and now I've seen it. He's not entertaining. He's not as entertaining here. At all. Because, as many, many other characters in AEW, we're back at fucking the starting line. We're doing Mm -hmm. the same thing. Oh, you have to fight ten people before you get a shot at me. And I'm a shitbag. And here's me making funny lines about the fans. And, okay, you know what? Law Diminishing Returns. Okay? It's not as cool anymore as it was the first time I saw the act. It's kind of getting a little bit repetitive. 
And we have six more weeks of this shit until Revolution. Oh, and by the way, uh, Danielson followed that up by wrestling Takeshita. And stop me if you've heard this before. He won by a ref stoppage. They love their ref stoppages in AEW, don't well, they? Well, Danielson specifically, I've noticed. So he doesn't beat people with the knee that beat John Cena anymore. Right? People always yeah. kick out of that, which I hate. Because the psycho of, knee. Yeah, because the fucking thing beat John Cena. Nobody should ever kick out of that. And... He now finishes by elbowing the guy 15 times and then putting him in the regal stretch. By the, by the time he's in the regal stretch, he's already out cold. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty anticlimactic finish. Mm-hmm. And he's doing it in every one of his matches now. The thing that made the LaBelle lock so great was he had found so many different ways to put somebody in it. Like, mm-hmm. you could really. Like the diamond cutter. <laughs> it was almost like the RKO. It could just come out of nowhere. It was sure. great. Um,. But now it's just sort of boring and predictable. Which now is it's just like, elbow, 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 elbow. Repeat 15 times. Yeah. And then I'll put on a submission, but the guy's already dead. Match was entertaining. Match was good. It was. A, was, a it good, was. good worker. And Danielson's obviously great. Um, but, you know, I hate the rough stoppages. Too many of them. It's, it's, it's a fine thing to do every now and then. AEW does it way too much. But, and just um, as a finish, I don't think it gives you, the fans any excitement. There's no three count. There's and no by the way, tap out. Sh- People shit on WWE when they book somebody to lose by submission. Like, oh, they tapped out like a bitch. Is it me or is it worse to tap out than to just get knocked the fuck out? Like, you couldn't even compete with the guy. Yeah. They have to stop the match because he beat you senseless. Right. Like, I don't think that's better than a submission. Anyway, uh, we now got to uh, the tag team match between Soraya and her mystery partner versus Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter, the moment the entire world had waited for the AEW debut of Mercedes Monet. Sal, what would you think of it? Uh, that didn't happen. And I, to no, be I, fair, regardless of what the little trolls said, uh, they told you last week that that wasn't going to happen. Pink. Okay, whoa. So, Soraya picked nope, Tony nope, Storm. Nope, nope. I'm not letting you off the hook with that statement. Why? Because, yes, they did that. And then they made it a point to have Britt Baker talk about how she's the boss and wink in the camera. That promo happened before Soraya picked Tony Storm. Please tell me that you are not going to sit here and say that they weren't trying to convince people that Mercedes was showing up. Oh, no, no, no. Yes, they, they obviously Britt's line was written. But Brit's, but they did what they were supposed to do as far as uh, trying to throw water on the flames with with Paige uh, Soraya picking her partner. She was like, this is my partner. That's what's going to happen. Now, was, well, I su- had to. was I surprised at that point so, going into the match that we hadn't seen Tony get jumped backstage yet? Yes, I was surprised because so they did why tell advertise it as a mystery partner for five weeks if it's going to be the person who has helped Soraya against this group already? Why create... Why essentially promise something that you can't deliver? Because... This is, and this I'm is not where defending Tony Khan fails. You can't be call yourself Booker of the Year and do this shit. I am not defending this at all, but I, I think this isn't the first time Tony Khan has has booked a big surprise and then scrambled to fill that role. And but it's, he's filled it, it better with Jay White last time. He he's did it. filled it much better in the past, but he's also been. You know, it's one of those things where he's booking that and putting that on his TV before he signed the performer. Well, he can't do that. He d- did. In this situation, he well, did. Well, in that case, you can't <laughs> call him Booker of the Year, then. I never did, but... Uh, I, heard, I, I heard you voted for him. Nope, didn't do it. Uh, so, 
I don't know. Maybe he thought he could sign uh, Mercedes, and 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 he didn't get the chance to, and then he looks like an idiot. But um, this isn't new. This isn't something new for Tony Khan. He's done this in the past. Remember that big surprise that ended up being Christian? And everybody said it was going to be John Cena. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Even if you advertised a big surprise, why not just keep it a mystery and then go get somebody like Mickey James? Or go get somebody like, I don't know, there's any number of women, Nikki Bella. You know, there's any number of women. <laughs> but, listen, listen. I'm just talking about people who have a connection to Paige, who you could throw, or Soraya, sorry, who you could throw in there that would make sense and would be a bit of a surprise and get a decent pop as a surprise. Why <laughs> putting Tony Storm in here? And then you can still maintain the mystery partner thing, but putting Tony Storm in here last week made no fucking sense. And other than telegraphing the fact that I thought I could get somebody I couldn't get. You know what I'm wondering, though? And I, I'm just throwing this out there. Do you think they had plans for it to be someone else, like a returning AEW superstar? Could have been Thunder Rosa. And, and then everybody in the internet ran with it's going to be Sasha, so then they were like, fuck, now we can't make it who we thought it was going to be because no. they'll just boo. No, I don't think so. You don't think the way they they mm. put Tony Storm into it last week? They booed anyway. I they know. set Tony Storm up to fail here. Um, but I just I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they were going to use this. This for was Thunder worse for squad. Tony Storm than Charlotte putting a cake in her face, a pie in her face. Because eh. this made her look less than. Sure. Oh, we couldn't get the person we really wanted, so I guess here's Tony Storm. <laughs> Here's the consolation prize. Yeah. And then, shock of shocks, accidentally, Hikaru Shida costs them the match. Yes. Now, Troy, Troy, I actually didn't think this was a bad match. I actually enjoyed this match quite a bit. I enjoy uh, Hater. I thought Baker did a nice job in this match. I thought Tony Storm was Tony Storm. She's always good. Um, but to Troy's point, it's hard to watch these Soraya matches because even if they're good matches, there's always that port in the back of your mind where every time she takes a bump or every time she gets punched or any time she's involved in any physicality, you feel uneasy, similar to Daniel Bryan when he first returned. I remember watching that WrestleMania's match with, with on Bryan's return match on pins and needles, like, oh, fuck. And to... And for those AEW fans who might be listening, yes, I shit on WWE for using a fake concussion storyline in that match as well. So I don't approve of doing that at any point. Um, but it makes it a little hard for me to be fully invested in a Soraya match because I'm always afraid I'm going to see something horrible happen to this girl. See, I don't know. Maybe I'm wired a differently than you and Troy, but I don't. I don't watch these matches anticipating uh, someone's neck getting broke. I don't. Um, obviously, I don't want to see it, so I don't think it's going to happen unless it happens. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I, I actually am more surprised, disappointed, and and distraught when I do see something like that than going into it cringing at every bump. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just a different approach to it, but... Um, the problem is it's not like I'll probably feel a little bit that way with Adam Cole too, because these are performers that I enjoy watching. Um, and to see, you never <laughs> see my, my issue has always been, this goes with WWE too. Um, 
I assume that you're an adult and you're in the ring, and and if you are, if you think you're capable of doing all types of crazy dives and and all types of shit, that's on you. Okay. See now, and this is where I'm going to tell you you're wrong. Like, I'll give you an example. When oh, I watch a Jeff Hardy match, right, in, in 2022 or whatever, I hope he's not going to die. But if he fucking jumps off a ladder and lands on his neck, well, that's his fucking fault now, isn't it? Okay, but let me, okay, so let me counter that point. Why does the NFL have a concussion protocol? I don't know. i got to ask Tua. <laughs> the reason the NFL has a concussion protocol, Sal, is these people, athletes and performers at this level, need to be protected from themselves. Sure. Because if you, they always think they're okay to go out there. They always think they can play. They always think they can perform. Look at Jeff Hardy at Victory Road. You brought up Jeff Hardy. He thought he was good enough to go out there and have that match. Yeah. You need – that's why I worry about it because I know, at least in WWE, I had a feeling that that company was taking all proper precautions – they wouldn't clear for so long. We heard all these people how who they wouldn't clear, couldn't get past the medicals and blah blah blah. And these were big name performers. I mean, Daniel Bryan. They thought he had to retire. That cost that company money, but they were willing to t- because he couldn't get cleared until finally he, things changed and he could. I don't feel the same. I don't have that same trust for AEW's medical staff. Oh, I don't, I don't feel, blame you because we've seen I people get fucked up on TV. But, but this is exactly what I'm talking about. So I can, I have no choice but to watch a Soraya match and go, fuck, I don't feel like I trust that she should be out there. And that's why that stays in the back of my head that I worry about it. Yeah. I hear you on that. Um, thankfully, she is all right, at least as far as we know. She had this match, it was fine. She didn't really take any major bump other than uh, the somersault one was a little... To the floor, yeah. Yeah, that was a little... But she was up, she was fine, she was, who knows but, but, any but, major damage. So, so, here's my problem, right? Can I enjoy watching her face Jamie Hayter if Jamie Hayter beats her with that fucking lariat? No. no. Because I'm going to be like, oh fuck, I think she's dead. I almost wonder if she would have been better off being a manager to start, and then maybe she has sporadic in-ring appearances, kind of like Sting. Not that she should be jumping off signs like from the second story like Sting does, but I'm saying, like, in other words, she should be wrestling like four times a year. Do you feel comfortable watching Sting that he's not going to end up paralyzed no. at the end of every episode? No, I don't. But there okay. was a point. But, but, but. There was a point where I didn't feel comfortable watching The Undertaker anymore. Yeah, and then he retired. It took long enough. <laughs> but there was a point where I was wondering if he was going to tear his fucking ass open just by doing a, a standing punch. Like, because it was just the way he was moving. It was just so. That's the thing. Soraya moves fine. At least to the untrained eye, she, she moves around that ring normally. Yeah, but concussions, you do that. Daniel Bryan, I mean, need I remind you that Daniel Bryan defeated the Wyatt family, climbed to the top of a cage, led one of the biggest yes chants the history of the business has ever seen, and then we found out after he was badly concussed in that while doing it. Yeah. Do you remember the Super Bowl when uh, John Elway won it for the first time? 
Uh-huh. And um, what's his name? God, the running back there was it Terrell Davis? Terrell Davis, yeah. On the on the opening drive, they're about to score a touchdown, and he's having these massive, massive migraines. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I can't go in there. He's like, I can't see. He's like, they're like, we don't need you to see. We need you to just uh, be a decoy. And he was, and John Elway ran it in and scored a touchdown. Now, in this day and age, that would never fucking happen. They would never send you out there. But what Well, you say did, that, but, but as we say, do you remember Super Bowls? Do you remember the Super Bowl when Julian Edelman was clearly concussed? Yes. And was allowed to go back out on the field and catch a touchdown pass? Okay, so that it's kind of two sides of the same coin, but gutsy performance or stupid performance? Stupid. Yeah. Because you're not talking about just, you're talking about potentially altering your life after the game's over for the sake of winning a game. I understand it's the Super Bowl, but it's at the end of the day, it's not really putting any extra money of any significance in your pocket. It's putting money in the pocket of the owner, and you're risking your well-being and your future. And not any more or less than when a boxer who's way past his prime is going out there and still taking blows to the head. But should that be allowed to happen? I don't know. I mean, I grew up in an age where you were tough for doing stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, they used to fucking x-ray pregnant ladies, too, and then they went, wow, this is really fucking stupid. We should stop doing this. That's true. No, you're, you're right, and and um, I'm glad that we're smarter now. Like, I'm, I'm glad just so that they glad Soraya stu- got cleared by that noted uh, neck, neck doctor there. Yeah. <laughs> spine, a, a spine specialist. Yes. Um. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is. I, I hope nothing but the best for these people. I don't want to see them get hurt. I don't want to see them to go through what Adam Cole had to go through. Right. Um, so I just trust in the fact that I hope that they won't, and I get, and then be all distraught when Ooh. they do. So, do you want to discuss the Jericho Appreciation Society or no? Uh, very briefly, I will say number one, it pains me knowing that Chris Jericho is a huge mark for David Lee Roth because those little gold suits. Yeah, completely out of the Hot for Teacher video. Okay. So he continues to rip off everything about about his character. Literally, he'll just steal it from anybody. Um, and the guys in those segment in that segment couldn't act. Like everybody went to recite your lines class, and everybody fucking failed. Action Daniel Andretti Garcia, awful. Daniel Garcia, Action Andretti, Jake Hager. Hey, I'm a big guy, and I'm undefeated in MMA, and I like this hat. Dude, the cue card isn't being held high enough. Can somebody hold up the cue card for Jake Hager? So, (laughs) none of that really bothered me. Do you want to know what really bothered me? What? And and none of that really bothered me because I don't necessarily expect any of those guys to be good at cutting promos. We know what Hager is. We know what Daniel Garcia is. The one that bothered me was uh, Ricky Starks. You you six-foot-five dumb purple helmet wearing idiot that's the best ricky starks could come up with yeah that's why it felt like it was written because it was it was just that bad it felt like the other stuff was written and then when he had to go on his own that's all he could come up with because Mm -hmm. he seemed to be reaching for that maybe maybe that's that's probably that's a possibility um also the shit with take conti just annoyed me like it was just eye rolling the shit with oh you know Everybody says this about your wife. Ooh, like, okay, come on. Really? It's 2023. We're doing that now? <laughs> That's what yeah. we're doing? Yeah, that, that whole segment fucking pissed me the fuck off. 
Yeah, Tay Conti screaming, I am whatever, is fucking stupid. She's um, the street fight. Yeah, that's what it is. She is the street fight, yes. Jesus Christ. Anyway. Are you a dinosaur? Uh, uh, main event, what'd you think? Oh, boy. They beat um, the fuck out of each other, I'll say that. They did. They did. And the match was really good uh, for, as far as ladder matches go. Um, definitely some contrived stuff, but that's sort of what AEW does from time to time. So I'm not super, definitely a little too flippy dippity choreographed shit sometimes, but that's what you're going to get with these, with these teams together. Um, all things considered, I enjoyed the match. Um, I don't love the fact that we basically just admitted we only did this best of seven to give Death Triangle a little more time with the titles before we took them back. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what it comes off as. Yes. So the match itself, all six people put in work. Hell, even fucking Abrantes and Cutler put in work. Yep. Um, good on them, especially, you know, the Elite and, and Pack and Penta and Phoenix because they put their bodies through hell. Um, Kenny is a trolling fucking asshole because he purposely took about seven minutes to pull down that tag title mm-hmm. to the point where you were like who's coming out from the back right. oh it's no one right. <laughs> so. um all right so the one thing i will say about this yes they dragged this out for you know what eight matches because they did a best seven plus the one at the paper no the one at the pay-per-view was match one right yeah so they did seven Even matches they didn't announce it beforehand yep it became match and one. yes they put the title right back on the elite, and I don't necessarily love that. But at the same time, I will say this: the way they did this definitely took those new titles and added to the importance of those titles. They felt like having, you know, three of your top guys feuding for them, having them be these wars and these important hard matches where guys were willing to kill each other to win made those titles feel more important as a way to introduce them, basically. So, um, to that end, I give them credit. Yeah. Uh, so it was nice to see AEW in in front of a lot of people. It was nice to see Dynamite with a loud audience. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they're not going to be at the forum every week. No. Um, <laughs> so... And again, hold on, we've talked about this in the past with AEW. You're always going to have that the first time. It's the return. It's the you know large diminishing returns again. But it's nice it, to not see them in fucking Chicago every other week. Sure, so it is nice that they're moving around a little bit. And and maybe they should keep moving because every time they're in a city a little bit too long, shit starts to get fucking weak again. Uh, and that's the thing. I, I obviously Tony Khan was was building up this card for as long as he possibly could. So. Give me some decent follow-up next week, guys. Don't give me the same fucking tired bullshit that you usually do after a good episode. Speaking of which, they have a uh, TNT title match on Rampage with uh, rock-hard Juice Robinson against Darby Allen. Are you watching Rampage for that, Jason? No, but isn't rock-hard Jake Hager's thing? He's just hard. (laughs) I thought he was rock-hard with anticipation. I don't know. Juice Robinson's been running with the rock hard thing for a while to the point well, where I mean, popped Renee. So. I mean, he's banging Tony Storm, wouldn't you be? That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, all right. So 
I guess that's... Uh, do you have anything else from this week? Like I said, the, the, the IWC has pushed me to the point where I think I'm going to lean towards just watching the TV product. I don't... I can't anymore with this shit. Like, and, to, and you know what? To be reflective, as much as I shit on the McMahons, for them to sell to anybody who's not a McMahon... It just bothers me on like a molecular level. Like, like I don't want to live in a world where non wrestling people run the WWE. I don't think I'd like it. Um, what do you think the board of directors was? Mostly non wrestling people. Wasn't that filled of like uh, Linda McMahon and like no, Bruce Pritchard and shit like that? I nope. don't know. Nope. Money people. Yeah, okay, that's fine, but like I don't know. Isn't this wasn't this uh, supposed to be when like Declan McMahon was taking over the company? Like weren't we, you know, <laughs> he just fired his daughter. You think he's going to fucking no. give the company to his grandson? No, I think the grandson should take it by force. <laughs> by the way, I will say this, one of the interesting things that came out of the paperwork that got released, I don't know if you saw this, was uh Shane McMahon, you remember that guy, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He uh in 2022 he worked one match which was the Royal Rumble and po- you know had all those issues and supposedly threw a fit backstage and got sent home and have, we haven't seen him since. Um the company paid him as a as an independent contractor $868,000 in 2022. Wow. One that's match. A, that's a good night of work right there. Yeah. <laughs> so admits all these rumors of of Vince's takeover. Let me just quickly ask you would it shock you if someone... If the name on the contract did say McMahon? <laughs> if someone <laughs> kind of pushed him down the stairs at one of these events, like someone in his very close family? Uh, it would be the it would be the act of... Um, God. It would be an act of God. No, it would be the act of heroism to send off uh, Johnny Laurinaitis. Just... Just doing us all a favor, but on his way out. Um, if 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 Tony and Shad do buy it, right? Yeah. Are we gonna get the name on the contract? Does say Khan? Of course, okay. because nothing's original anymore. Right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Better question for you: If yes. if Vince does return to creative, like literally, there's like an article that comes out that says he filed and he's now the head of creative and Hunter is out. Are you instantly stopping watching, or are you going to give it a, a few months? I've seen Vince. I don't need to give it a few months. I've seen Vince's head of creative. I've seen it for the last few years. I know what it is. I know what I'm getting. Um, and I spent more years than I would love to admit hate watching this product. And I just don't have it in me to hate watch a product anymore. What if they give you... Rock versus Austin at WrestleMania 40. I don't want to see those guys at this point wrestle each other. I know, but I feel like we're almost there. <laughs> if you give me Rock versus Roman this year, I'll be—I'll probably be in for that. I am curious. Um, all right, so let, let, let's get out of here on this note, right? Let's let Devil's Advocate, Tony Khan, and Chad Khan by WWE. We get the first because you know they won't be able to hold anything back. They buy it before WrestleMania. WrestleMania Supercard, AEW versus WWE. What is the one crossover match you want to see? Kenny versus Seth. 
Mm, that's a good one. Especially because they've been going back and forth on social okay. media for years. I thought you were going to say Orange Cassidy versus Madcap Moss. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> um, all right, I'll go with a different one, and I'm not the world's biggest fan of these guys, but the Young Bucks versus the New Day. That's always been a thing that's sort of been sure. teased and danced around, and we've never seen it, and I'd love to see that one. The Young Bucks versus the Usos. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, there you go. That's a good one, too. Although, I, I'm going to throw this out there, and you can say whatever you want, but... What if we did get, like, an Orange Cassidy versus a Johnny Gargano? That could be fun. Uh, I just, the, the Orange Cassidy character kills it for me. With Johnny, Who would you though? put up against Roman, though? Uh, gun to my head, and they have, they have some work to do to build him, but Wardlow. Okay. That would be like the Spider-Man pointing at each other, though. <laughs> There it is. Can't can't do any better than that, folks. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you, Sal. Appreciate it. Uh, the time. This is a fun conversation. Uh, maybe by next week, we'll have sold the fucking company. We'll have more to talk about. Who the hell knows? Uh, the rate this shit's moving. But uh, anything to say before we get out of here? No, sir. Thank you so much. This was fun. All right. It absolutely was. And uh, hopefully, Troy and Adam will be with us next week. Uh, and we will run your ass down next time. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You have been listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows, as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundownwrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at rundownnetwork. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling. And you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash the saleser effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production. <laughs>